French fried potatoes. One more. potato, two potatoes, three get this potatoes, four, five potatoes, six potatoes, seven potatoes, one potato, two potatoes, three potatoes, four, five potatoes, six potatoes, seven potatoes, more. Potatoes. Welcome to the Potato League Podcast with your hosts, Dan and Tom. Thanks, TJ. Thank you, TJ. Uh, welcome to episode 336. I think we're super loud. Or maybe it's just me. I guess Who knows? That's, that's not Who that, knows? That's not that bad, I guess. Yeah. Uh, if it is, turn us down. Um, it's been like... We're not doing the work. You do the work. Right. It's been about three weeks since we recorded one. Yeah. Two, yeah, three weeks. Four weeks. Wait, one, two... No, three weeks. Gosh, I can't count. Since we last recorded, uh, we're still doing 70s stuff. This is the time of year because uh, best ball season has started. I got like twenty drafts going right now, so uh, I've still I think I've done better than I did last year so far with uh, still maintaining my movie watching. But this is the time of the year mm-hmm. where you like triple me, <laughs> and yeah. maybe not triple, uh, more than double. Well, it certainly didn't help that I was like nasty sick for like yeah four uh, or five days straight. <laughs> If you don't mind me asking, on recording, <coughs> what were your symptoms? Like, were oh, you... Jesus. Because I was like... It was. Uh, it felt like a head cold. Yeah. Then it went to my chest. Then it went back to my head. Yeah. Then it was in my... And it just kept, like, fucking moving around. Because it's like, I would come to school... Like, I came to school one day in the middle of it. I thought you did. And felt okay. And then went home, took a two-hour nap, and woke up with a 101-degree fever. Yeah. So I'm like, I guess I'm not fine. Um, never got like a super scratchy throat or anything like that. So I was like it, but to be honest, at times it felt worse than when I had COVID Yeah. as far as like the symptoms kicking my fucking ass. I, because I, I asked because, um, <laughs> it's funny you mentioned COVID because pretty much since COVID I haven't been sick Yeah. because I have kept up with all of the precautions, mm-hmm. which obviously keeps you healthy for everything. Yeah. I Try not to touch anything. Uh, like, yeah. like when I walk Us down the stairs, fidgeters are fuck. <laughs> but just well, I, I'll tell you one thing that I have <coughs> stopped doing entirely. When I walk up and down the stairs at school, I do not touch those railings. Oh God, no! Because I two hundred grubby little hands slide all over those I, things. I want to blacklight them one day. Oh no! Just to see. Like if anything, I'll like put my hand up on the wall where they yeah. can't even reach. And again, this is no offense to our cleaning crew, because no, holy fuck, I would never want to clean a middle school. No. Because there's not many of them, and there's a lot of disgusting areas. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's not like, oh, we're, we're getting sick because the cleaning crew's not doing their job. No. They are. No. There's just a fucking lot. <laughs> yeah, I... I and I've, within, like, it feels like within five minutes of the first bell, everything is gross again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so, I don't touch anything, like, uh, mm. or I try not to at, at school. I try not to even touch doorknobs. Yeah. Um, and then... Also, I still hand sanitize constantly, mm-hmm. and so I haven't been sick in like three years. It's been great. Um, and then uh, I woke up. I felt kind of off on last Saturday, and then I woke up Sunday and felt like trash, mm-hmm. and ended up sleeping all day. I slept a lot. I slept in the afternoon on Saturday, which is unusual, but yeah. not like super unusual. I thought I was just tired because I had gone on that field trip the day before. Mm-hmm. So I woke up kind of scratchy throat feeling Sunday, and I just assumed 
you know, we drove to down to Augusta and back with every window wide open. I got all kinds of pollen that I'm not used to oh, getting. Yeah, pollen you know? has been fucking. It's terrible. been really bad. This shit doesn't normally affect me. Right. And even I'm like, yeah. Oh, this is awful. Uh, so I just, I guess, I kind of just assumed it was that. Uh, because, wow, going through, they were spraying the fields between Dexter and Newport. Oh, holy, Ugh. holy literal shit. Yeah. Does that stink? Yeah, we came. Oh my we God, came, and it lingers. Yeah, I think last Sunday we went. We ran to the Walmart in Newport for something, and yeah, when yeah. we were going through that, and they were spraying the shit, Holy. and we we're just like, I can't imagine them living near. You're that. like breathing in liquid shit, kind of. Yeah, <laughs> You're getting much. little shitticles, and yeah. it's yeah. disgusting. It's, they've vaporized it essentially, right? Know? Yeah, because I mean, it, it's it's it look. Yeah, they're they're spraying it out the top of a big tanker. So anyway. I just assumed that uh, it was allergies or something. Ended up sleeping all day last Sunday. Mm -hmm. Um, And I felt okay this week, but, like, not great. I was super body achy, and the the weather hasn't helped with that either. Yeah, that's what what it felt like for me is a lot of aches and the head and just, like, oh. And like you said... Uh, by like Wednesday or Thursday, I was feeling pretty good, but then like Friday, Saturday, even today, that like the scratchy throat's kind of back. Um, but again, that it could have been the yeah. pollen mixed with some yeah. kind of head cold or something, and I'm just getting more pollen. <coughs> yeah, but yeah, uh, so I've got the, the 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 cough drops out this morning. Um, yeah, it was not the like I said, it wasn't it was weird. It wasn't an absolutely debilitating cold, like right. But it was enough that didn't make me want to do fucking anything. Right. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to talk to you right now, kid. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, I just want to sit at my desk. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 100%. And again, I knew this week I was taking the fucking river dips. So right. I'm like, I need to make sure I'm, I'm better by this coming week. Right. Or else that will fuck. I'm still waiting to get sick from that because it's the fucking, you know, it's the river here in town. I got, like, some scrapes and scratches here and there, and I'm like, I'm going to fucking lose my hand. <laughs> it's going to get gangrenous. It's going to be a sepsis or something. Yep. Um, we, so, anyway, I mentioned that you've, you've watched a shitload since... Uh, the last time we recorded was May 21st. Mm-hmm. Um, you've watched a shitload. I've watched a fair amount. Uh, we've stuck... I've stuck pretty well. I usually have to break up my... Whenever we're doing kind of themey stuff. Yeah. I really haven't, with a few exceptions, and, and sometimes it's been... Uh, like, I watch Mad Max, and then I watch Mad Max 2. So, yeah. like, it's connected to something that I watch. Mm-hmm. Um, I made a list of the 70s movies that I watched in the meantime, because I watched far fewer. Highlighted the ones that we both watched. Mm-hmm. And then I tried to check off a couple that I know you had watched recently. Yeah, I noticed. I figured that's what you were doing. <coughs> and then I, I made a list of the ones that you watched, uh, that I had watched previously in the year. And then... Uh, the other 30 that you've watched since then, I figured you could go through, and if you wanted to talk sure. about them, I could. Um, if you want, uh, since we I've built up the whole 70s thing, I want to start out with two 2023 movies, just real quick. Yeah. Uh, one... We could actually add a third, because I watched one last night, too. What'd you watch last night? What the fuck did I watch last night? Renfield. Oh, okay. Okay. That was... Oh, yeah, this is year. Yeah. yeah. What, didn't that... Did yeah. that come out in this, like, I February? I think it's January, February. January, yeah. February. I don't um, know. Stuff comes to, like, I, I, I texted you that, like, fucking Fast X is already on VOD. Mm. So I'm losing track of when stuff came out now because it used to. It was like, three weeks. We, we talk about it you know, ad nauseum sometimes. We're in the 90s. Movie came out in the theater. Yeah. Almost exactly six months later, it would come out on VHS. Yeah. Without fucking fail. It yeah. was like a six-month wait. 
Because I know, because I worked at a video store, so I had to answer all the fucking time. Hey, when's that coming out? Both and I'm like, well, just left the theater last week. It'll be fucking Christmas, you know, shit yeah. like that. Now, like, and I, I was kind of pissed because when I got home, we started to watch Top Chef during dinner, like we usually do, and fucking Renfield, after I'd already rented it from Redbox, is on Peacock. Of course it is. So I'm like, <laughs> so yeah, it's the release schedule of how things are released <clears throat> are fucked. Yeah. Especially because I, from what I believe, I think like Mario Brothers was released on like a DVD last week. Oh, was it? But it's not. I know. Out, but it's not on a Blu-ray and 4K until this week. Wow. Um, <laughs> I know that um, as of right now, and then also uh, with Mario, and same with Fast. Uh, what's it called? Fast, is it? Fast X. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Jesus Christ, man. Just <laughs> fucking number them. You know. Yeah. Uh, anyway. <coughs> Um, they they still have to adhere by the. It's like thirty bucks to buy it now, and yeah, uh, twenty to rent, twenty to rent, five to buy, right, right, on like Blu-ray quality. Yeah. So then, uh, who's? I say who's doing that? I did that for the fucking fable. Yeah, you did, but <laughs> you did it for something else too. Fucking I can't Avatar. remember what. Was it? Yes, Avatar. it was Avatar. Oh my god, worst money. I couldn't believe you Worst money I've spent all year. <laughs> I wanted is, to see it before the Oscars. That is now on Disney Plus, and I will not, I'm not, probably not going to oh watch it. Oh my god. I can't, I can't do it because of how long it is. If it was under two hours, I would consider it. My, my friend it. Joe posted a great thing on Facebook the other day. It was one of the funniest things I've seen. It's like, how many movies are, are we away from James Cameron humping water for seven hours? Guys, <laughs> <laughs> look at this. Uh, yeah, it's really... I, I just don't. I'm just not interested. And you, nor should you be. I, I took the I, bullet for that one. Yeah, and and yeah, uh, you just put the nail in its coffin for me, as far yeah. as I'm concerned. I might. I was at least kind of curious, but I'm no. just not now. Uh, anyway, to get to what we were, what I was gonna say uh, when I started this ramble. We both watched Dungeons and Dragons in the meantime. Yeah. And uh, I'll just talk real quick about Spider Verse. You haven't seen it. So uh, reviews have been fucking fantastic. Oh my god, <laughs> that movie. I, I'm not going to say it's better than the first one, but it is every bit as good. Yeah. Um, and the visuals in it are somehow better. Um, you would think that it would be hard to watch because it, it is. It's overloaded. It is a lot. Uh, but, man, it's not. It's one of those things. It is a part one of two. So it's one of those things where, and it's two hours and 20 minutes long. When it got to the to be continued, I was like, oh, Shit. <laughs> Has it been two hours and 20 minutes? Yep. Every scene of that movie is fucking awesome. That's Every cool. scene. Yep. Uh, it's it's uh, it's unbelievable. And, and I know uh, this is putting the cart way before the horse, but like, as we're leaving the theater, I'm thinking to myself, is this trilogy going to win three Oscars mm-hmm. and all three be in the top 20 letterboxed top 250? Probably. Probably, right? <laughs> yeah, it was funny. Someone I saw on, on Twitter put, you know the last two highest rated movies on uh, Letterboxd have both been multi- multiverse stories were a bagel? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Is a no, that, ba- that was Eric. Was it Eric? That? Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, that I was didn't even his... notice it. <laughs> yeah. Uh... Good job, Eric. I should, I should have noted it was you who said it. Yeah, there are now two multiverse movies where a bagel serves as the crucial plot point. In the villain's origin story, both yep. of them became the highest-rated movie on Letterboxd. Uh, and right now, uh, Across the Spider-Verse is number one. It'll probably settle into the teens, yeah. Because I can't see it getting below a four point five. Yeah, I think it's at four seven right now. Four six, four seven, four six. 
Uh, yeah, but so look at the fives. Jesus. <laughs> 58% fives. Damn. Um, yeah, it's really something. Uh, and it's... it's. I can't wait to watch it again because there are some scenes where you just cannot possibly see everything mm-hmm. on the screen or catch every... If yeah. you go through the cast... I, I the cast is ridiculous. I'm looking yeah, at it right a now. A lot of them are... Oh, he! Oh, that was the voice I recognized that yep. did one like Andy Samberg might have said a sentence mm-hmm. um, as one of the bazillion spider people. Um, yeah, it's uh, as advertised. Um, other ones, Dungeons and Dragons. That movie's yeah. awesome. That it was so much fun. <laughs> that movie makes me mad because it's like, why can't other films be this fun? You know, it doesn't take itself seriously. It doesn't try to be more than it is. It's like, hey, but it, but this it also is what we doesn't are. Completely, Let's do it really well. It also doesn't like completely goof off. No, um, no, it's got some great stuff in it. I and think it builds well for a potential sequel. Yes, fucking Hugh Grant is excellent in it. Yeah, uh, this is like the Hugh Grant we've always wanted. Like directed, it took him a while to get to this point, but it's like, yeah, yeah. Directed by Hugh Grant. John Francis Daly. Yep. Uh, he's. I think this is his. He's settled into this. This is his niche. Well, he's a nerd. Uh, yeah. Do some nerd shit, pal. Yeah. Go with it. But like, not uh, the 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 uh, the trap that that you would think a a nerd falls into is like it's going to be. I take this super seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, Everything is going to be in it. Mm-hmm. The entire movie will. The entire movie will be made for people that, uh, that for like one percent of the audience that yeah. will get this and that, and that. But he doesn't do that. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely still moments in there, like when they have a certain weapon. I'm like, I bet oh, someone. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I'm like, someone's nerding the fuck out right now. Sure. I don't know it, but I know sure. someone is. Because like, I nerded out when they showed, when they went into the the maze towards the end of the movie. And one of the other teams in the maze was dressed up like the Dungeons & Dragons cartoon characters. Oh, I didn't notice yeah, that. Yeah, they were straight up the Dungeons <laughs> & Dragons cartoon. So I did the Leo point, and I'm like, holy fuck! Yeah. You know, that's the Dungeons & Dragons cartoon team. Um, yeah, and, but, and and all of those that, you know, Dungeons & Dragons people would have noticed way more than we would. Yeah. Um, they didn't put a fucking spotlight on it. Yeah. It was, if you saw it, you saw it, mm-hmm. I'm sure. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I know... Fucking fuck all about Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than it's like a not role a playing. It's not a board game. It's a role playing game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, you read those things every once in a while about like games that have been going on for thirty years or whatever, yeah. and they still have meetings at their this guy's basement that he's got like yeah. thirty thousand hand painted figurines. Or I know some crazy uh, shit. I know Vin Diesel taught. Uh, which one? Which Brit ladies in Fast and the Furious Nine? Christ, not Maggie Smith. I don't know. Oh, uh, Helen Mirren. Helen Mirren had a play on the set of Fast and the Furious. Nice, because he's a big nerd about it, and so is jo- Joe Mangiola. I did. I knew that because he's part of like a game that's been going on for a very long yeah, time. Yeah, because I also remember there's a Twitter thing where it was like this guy was like, "Yeah, I don't play Dungeons and Dragons. I was too busy getting fucking laid." Blah blah blah. And Joe Mangio was like, <laughs> "Would you like to compare <laughs> counts?" <laughs> the guy in Magic Mike has a word to say. Yeah, the guy who can get it anywhere and has been playing D anD D forever would like to talk to you. Um, because he is a big like proponent of it. It's just one of those things. Like I never got in because we didn't have it here. Yeah. No one I know growing up with us 
played D and D. Right. It wasn't even like we didn't. I don't even think I knew anybody who played. Although I will say, I think way back when uh, what eventually became the video store in town, which is now the pizza place in mm-hmm. town, one of the pizza places in town, um, <clears throat> which I guess is under new management. Yes. Uh, they ha- it was a gift shop, and yeah. they had the figurines Did that they? you could buy and hand paint. When it was Gwen Berdine's? Yes. Yes. Because I think my brother su- had It doesn't some. surprise me, but yeah. I was only, only ever going in there to buy Beckett Baseball Card Monthly. Exactly, yeah. That was all I ever went in for, and then yeah. once in a while they'd have a cool CD I wanted. But. Yeah. Um, but that makes sense. They would have had stuff like that in there. Highly recommended. Yeah. Um, great fucking movie. It really it, is. It is fun. just. It's just a blast. And we and the whole family watched it, mm-hmm. uh, and everyone liked it. It's very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Chris Pine just continues to be an underrated treasure. Yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah, everybody plays their part very, very well. Uh, Bradley. Oh yeah, Bradley Cooper was in it. That's right. I forgot Bradley Cooper was in it in a very small role. Yeah. Um. And uh, we watched it on, uh, it's on Paramount, but I shut my Paramount off during non-football season. I was going to turn it back on for this, and then I saw it was also on MGM Plus, which had a seven-day free trial. Nice. So I did the free trial. Yeah. Uh, MGM Plus sucks, by the way. There isn't shit on it. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, I'm you sure would think, but I'm you would think it would have. Considering they have the fucking Bond catalog. <laughs> but it's not just that. It's yeah. also that the app is horrible. You can't find anything. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's pretty new, though. Um but anyway, uh, it, and it's only like five bucks if you did want to get it. But I did not continue. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I was I was uh, not really pleasantly surprised because I had heard that it yeah. you know it, it had plenty of good word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> and you look at the rating spread; no one's given this a four and a half or a five. Oh, probably those are the true D and D nerds. Sure, that high, uh, which I get because you know I give comic book movies higher scores than they probably deserve. Yeah. Oh, definitely. <clears throat> but sixty percent of the scores are three and a half and fours, which is Perfect. Just about right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed that one. Uh, pretty much, pretty much everything else I watched uh, during that time. Oh, Renfield. Yeah. Renfield's another type of like Dungeons and Dragons type film where it's super fun if you're into that shit. Like it's fucking. You're gonna be surprised. Nick Cage goes way over the top as Dracula. Yeah. Uh, Nicholas Holt is great as Renfield. Aquafina's fine in it. Uh, she has very limited acting range for me. She does, yeah. Um, and playing a tough-as-nails New Orleans cop, not really what I would... I know it, it needs to be funny because the film is very tongue-in-cheek, Yeah. but I don't think she was the right call for the casting there. I, I love her in, like, Shang-Chi. She's great in that. Yeah. Or better, anyway. As, I want to say great, but... Yeah. As the person that's there to have things explained to her. Yeah. Which she's, is what she, she's us. Which is what she kind is her, of is in this as is well. Is her only role in that movie. Um, <clears throat> but it was fine. I I had no real... Uh, the, the kills are fucking inventive, and it definitely takes yeah. no issues with shedding a lot of fucking blood around. Uh, if, if you're the type who went, hey, Nick Cage playing Dracula, I am fucking in. Yeah, if that's you're, all you're you needed. Yeah. If that's all you needed, you're good to go. If you're like, gotcha. eh... I don't really like horror. I don't really care for comedy horror. Yeah, you're not going to like this. But I feel like not that's, family friendly. That's the sort of thing because uh, that's the sort of thing that that Robin might want to watch. Because that's mean, in her wheelhouse. And the of, violence of, is cartoonish. Yeah. See, that's in her wheel. Like she likes Happy Death Day yeah. and shit like that. Um, 
Although, I mean, I, I don't know that I'll ever take the time to watch it. Yeah, like, Nic- like Nicholas Holt rips one guy's arms off and then uses those arms to impale another guy. <laughs> it's that See, type of shit. That's just fun. Yes. <laughs> that's, just, that's just good, clean fun. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Jesus, I have watched a shit ton since we last talked. Yes, <laughs> I know. That's why I did it the way I did it. And then I was going to say, do you just... And then other the ones that I don't have here, if, you, if there's something you want to talk about, we can. Okay. I'll rip through real quick the ones that you didn't, because there was only four 70s ones that you either didn't or don't have uh, uh, in, that mean, in the meantime you hadn't watched. Yeah. Uh, two of them are probably my two... Maybe my two favorite seventy new seventies watches so far: Night Moves and Prime Cut. I have not yet watched Prime Cut. I've, Moves, I've actually ordered that from Amazon. You did. It's on its way. Uh, Night Moves was actually. It's kind of funny because this kind of bookended my my stuff since we last recorded. Because I think I watched. Oh, I'm on yours. I watched Night Moves. Yeah, Night Moves was the first thing that I watched after uh, we last recorded, and then I just finished up Prime Cut last mm-hmm. night. Uh, and both uh, with Gene Hackman. Those are probably my two favorites, uh, 70... Because yeah. those, those are like... This is why I wanted to watch 70s movies. Night Moves, is especially. I, yeah, yeah, that is a <laughs> very 70s kind of private eye film. Um, yeah. It's it, it, it's dirty. Yep. It's it's grimy. No one, no one is a good person. No. <laughs> no. Um, you know, even the filmmaker who waited two years just so he could film Melanie Griffith's boobs. Okay, so I read further on that after you said it. They didn't film later. They filmed it then. They just waited until she was 18 to release it. Oh, Jesus Christ. Which makes it weirder. That makes it even weirder. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Um, I still don't know how that, that works. Anyway, uh... Prime Cut I finished up last night. I won't go into too much detail. It's it's very short. It's like 86 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, in that one, Gene Hackman is, I guess, the villain. They're neither one of it's a uh, Lee Marvin is a mob, mm-hmm. uh, not bag man, but he's been sent from by the Chicago mob. He's an enforcer. Mm-hmm. He's been sent by the Chicago mob to Kansas City because uh, Gene Hackman owns a slaughterhouse in mm-hmm. Kansas City, and he. It's a slaughterhouse slash he raises girls from when they're young and then human traffics them. Oh. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> and one of them is a very young Sissy Spacek. Young Sissy Spacek looks exactly like uh, yeah. Elizabeth Olsen. Yeah, very much. Yeah. It's... it's I say, we say young. She was still like 24 at that point. Yeah, 23, 24. Because yeah, she looked the same. She like we mentioned last time we recorded. She plays teenagers for, yeah, like, for like the majority <laughs> of the seventies, like fifteen years. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, this was seventy two. She's a, she's my parents' age. Yeah, uh, she was born like a year before my parents. So she yeah, she's twenty three. Um, so uh, Gene Hackman owes the Chicago mob five hundred thousand dollars, and they keep sending people to collect it, and he keeps putting them through his literal meat grinder, mm-hmm. and, and he sends it back to them as hot dogs. He's this is like in the first two minutes. I'm not giving it away. Uh, and so Lee Marvin has been sent down to take care of the, to collect the money and wisen him up a little bit, I guess. Uh, the whole so the whole movie, 99 percent of the movie takes place in. I mean, it's Kansas City, but like you're in rural Kansas, mm-hmm. like slaughterhouse county fair style stuff. Yeah. So it's a very different kind of. <clears throat> mob enforcer movie because it basically takes place around livestock and like there's a whole there's like a 30 minute scene at the county fair and it's 
Yeah, it's unlike some good, any, some good mafioso county fair shit. It's you know? unlike anything you've ever seen. I, yeah. Well, anything I've ever seen. Uh, I found it endlessly watchable. Mm-hmm. Um, highly recommended. So when when you watch it, yep. we, we'll talk about it in more detail. Um, the other two that I watched, one of them you did you have seen, obviously, and then the other one I don't think so. I watched Busting, which is the Robert Blake. Um, and Elliot Gould as not great people, vice cops. Mm-hmm. Um, this is where the '70s stuff. Both of these movies, actually, that I'm that this and Mash, uh, you have to kind of grit your teeth sometimes because, like, like the first twenty minutes of busting is them uh, going in and harassing and beating up a gay club yeah. and busting up a busting up a gay club, and it's like this is. This is hard to watch during Pride Month. Yep. <laughs> you know, like, good choice, Tom. Yep. Uh, but overall, it's pretty good. The only thing that I didn't, the thing that I really didn't like about it, um, <clears throat> or the gripe I had, other than some of the problematic stuff, was Robert Blake seemed to be trying to outcool Elliot Gould. Yeah. And he shouldn't. No. He shouldn't try that because <laughs> it does and he's just so frustrated he eventually murders someone. <laughs> elliot gould i guess once said in in an interview uh because he was in uh capricorn one and oj simpson was yeah. too uh he said oj simpson was in capricorn one robert blake was in um busting and both were <laughs> so i have co-starred with two people who have eventually been tried for murdering their wife <laughs> Great. Yep. So uh, we really got to be looking to look out for And Donald. acquitted. Yeah. So Donald Sutherland, mind your fucking business on the shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, speaking of Donald, Suther- Donald Sutherland, uh, the other one was MASH. I'm very conflicted over this movie. Like, very. I get that. I can see, I I think you can, um, uh, I will respect your half-star take, and I will respect your five-star take. That is how, so I gave it a two and a half. Yeah. Uh, it is awesome. Um, the way the scenes are shot, the way it's directed, the uh, like when they the transition from scenes to the a lot of it is very similar. They took right to the TV show, mm-hmm. uh, like the the announcements having really nothing to do with what's going on, uh, but are funny to listen to. Mm-hmm. Was carried over the TV show, obviously. Everything in the operating theater is. Um, I love the way that it's shot, and they're just kind of. There's no really plot going on. They're just kind of talking back yeah. and forth and performing surgery. Yeah. It is fascinating Mash, to watch. Mash is utterly plotless at times. Oh, yeah. Which is a <laughs> 70s Altman thing. I mean, um, not just 70s Altman. Much of Altman's career, Altman. He, he loves actors. Yeah. That's yeah, why he directs. He it. loves actors. Yep. And, and you're really getting it. Yeah. Uh, Elliot Gould is, is awesome, and Donald Sutherland is awesome. Uh at the same time, it is horrifically problematic. Oh, yeah. Uh, they commit several hate crimes. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a 20-minute well, plot the fact that one point. of the characters' name is Spearchucker. I was going to say, the fact that one of the characters' names is Spearchucker Jones mm-hmm. is like the 10th most problematic thing yeah. in that movie. There is like a 20-minute plot line about a guy who thinks that he might be gay, therefore wants to kill himself... And they turn it into a huge joke. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. Uh, and the they commit many hate crimes uh, on Hot Lips Houlihan. Oh, my uh, God. 
It's awful. Yeah, she is sexually harassed to no end. Yeah, constantly. No uh, end. <laughs> and then uh, I think the only the the thing that I didn't like about the movie proper, taking away all the uh, the problematic stuff. What the fuck was with the football game? Wanted the football game. Why? Why I is that know. the climax of this movie? I don't know. It made because again, Omen's not one for plot. But I thought when they did the football thing, I thought it was going to be maybe like. A couple minutes. No. It's like the last third of the movie. Mm -hmm. Like, why? (laughs) With this character, the the general that we had just met just then. It wasn't like he was coming back from the beginning of the movie or anything. I I just, that one baffled me. I fast forwarded through. I I feel like Altman just got enamored with it and was like, no, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Let's keep doing more with this. I, I have to admit, I fast forwarded through. I'd fast forward through like several, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is still going." Yeah, that part drags, it and definitely and then drags. I would think, "Am I missing something?" And I would play it for a second. Nope, I'm not. And then I would fast forward. No, it's it's like, yeah, it's not like the longest yard climactic type of football yeah. game type of thing, you know. Which is a movie about football, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is not the. Fo- no one had even fucking mentioned football until mm-hmm. that scene with the general. So it's not. It wasn't a bring back. It was. Uh, I don't know. And it's not like the movie was like, oh shit, we're only at fucking 70 minutes, guys. We need something. Yeah. It's a two-hour movie. Oh, yeah. You could have left that out and still been in a tight 140. Mm-hmm. I'd have been way happier with your movie. <laughs> and there would have been less, there would have been less, uh, way less racism. And then you just have to deal with the homophobia and the misogyny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <clears throat> but yeah, I, I, I was really torn on it. Uh... Oh, the one that I wasn't sure on, Charlie Varick? I have not seen it yet. It's on my list. Because it's... I think, if, if I'm correct, it's another Don Siegel film, and I've been on a bit of a Don Siegel kick. So. Uh, I think you're right. I, I get... I'm going to it now. Yes. Yeah. Um, you're getting your 70s Walter Matthau. It's awesome. Yeah. And, the, and the dude from... Uh, yeah, Scorpio, Harry. Scorpio yeah. Killer. Yeah. Um, well, I would put this actually with Prime Cut and Night Moves. Mm. Actually, uh, I really liked it. He—it's basically a—he's kind of a small-time hood because he couldn't make enough money doing what he really did, which was he was a crop duster, mm-hmm. um, and he ran a crop dusting company. So he also kind of robbed small banks on the side, and one day, and usually like for a couple of grand, mm-hmm. um, they unbeknownst to them rob a mob bank Hmm. on a day where a drop has been placed in one of the safes and there's like i think it's like three quarters of a million dollars which Hmm. i think in 1973 is like a billion yeah it's probably a big deal um so he they it's one of those oh shit we stole some we stole way more than we thought Mm -hmm. we did Uh (laughs) uh-oh um so and plus it was mob money so that's the whole plot of the movie it's all you need to know yeah Walter Matthau is Matthauing it up. Somehow sexy, I guess. <laughs> yeah. the, w- the women love him. Can't get enough of him. Yeah, it's... Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> him, Donald Sutherland? I, I don't get it. Uh, that's what makes 70s movies fun. Um, the ones that you have seen... One of them Star Wars. Star, yeah. It's fucking Star Wars. You've seen it. Yeah. Uh, the other two, Mad Max and Rolling Thunder. Yeah, do you have an order preference? Which one do you want to? Either one. Well, let's uh, go. Let's go. Rolling Thunder, so you can talk about Mad Max Two. Okay, fair enough. <clears throat> Rolling Thunder. It took me a while to get what it was. Mm-hmm. 
as soon as we got hooked with a hand, a uh, hook for a hand, I was like, oh, that's what we're doing. Yeah. I thought we were being serious here. Yeah. Well, we're not. It, the original screenplay is written by Paul Schrader. Mm-hmm. It was then heavily rewritten by the director of the film. I guess that's maybe why it feels more serious than you should really be taking it. Yeah. Because it was originally him. Yeah, because it was a Schrader, so it was going to be, you know, man who can't get along with society. Right. Fucking, fucking shit up. You know, you've got that that type of Schrader thing going. And then the uh, eventual director of it, Christ, I'm forgetting his name. Can you click on it? Where the fuck is it? Oh, my God. Down there more. it is. I want to make sure I get his name. Yeah, John Flynn. Uh, John Flynn helped oversee the rewrites where they got more of the family stuff. And I guess one thing they did was they specifically took away most of Devane's dialogue. Devane does not speak a lot. No, he doesn't. Um, Which makes the relationship he has with the the young lady, uh, Linda Haynes, there a little... A little more unbelievable. Because you're like, why does this woman fucking love him so much? I felt the same way. I was a little... Yeah, I but again, small town. He's a hero. He's known. Yeah. So I could get why she could kind of like. I mean, she they made a deal like where she was wearing like his a bracelet with his name on it for the entire time he was a POW. Yeah. Which so was I can thing. get that there was a weird kind of transference there where she thinks she's in love with him even though she doesn't know who the fuck he is. Right. Um, you know, he comes home from the war. He can't connect with his wife. His wife has now moved on and is getting ready to marry the town cop. And he's like, eh. I get it. Yeah. I actually like that part where he's like, yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah, we all talked about that over there. Which, again, yeah. <laughs> you have to know when you've been gone for like seven or eight years, your wife has probably moved on because she's thought you're, she's probably been thinking you're dead for about six of that. Right. Um, I like the small touches. Like when he comes back home, he goes and lives out in the shed, which is about the same exact size as the hole he, the, the, yeah. the place he was living in, in the POW camp. Um,. The shit, like you know, you learn to love the rope. Yeah. That fucking that stuff was intense. Cause he, yeah, and just my god, the look on his face, and I love the small town hoods that come to rob him of like two thousand five hundred dollars, right? And they're like, "We'll torture you," and he's just like, "Do it, all right." He was into it. He's like, "Try your fucking best," <laughs> to the point where they, you know, they put his hand down a fucking garbage disposal and take it, it and take it off, and he's just like. It reminds me of yeah. the uh, Dark Knight Returns when, before Bruce decides to put the mask back on, mm-hmm. he's and the same type of thing happens, and he's like, yeah, let's fucking go. Yeah. And they're like, spuds into it, and they fucking bounce. Yeah. Um, not just into it, like, it's the only way he feels like, like, you get the, the idea that this is the only way he knows how to live now. Yeah. Like, he got so used to captivity and being tortured on the regular, he doesn't know what to do with himself now that he's not getting tortured. He Can't truly feel anything did else. Yeah, he truly did learn to love the rope. Yeah. And then you know, then when his wife and kid come home and they the kid automatically gives up the location of the silver dollars. Yeah. And then the, the two the, the villains like shoot them anyway and then shoot him, but he survives and of course, you know, Goes and gets his boy Tommy Lee Jones. Right. Which, Tommy, I guess I'll go and get my gear. <laughs> you know, like. Right, who is, he, uh, was also a. Yeah, uh, who also appeal. doesn't know how to fucking live yeah. back in the world. But yeah, when he's like, I'm going to go kill these guys, and Tommy Lee's just like, I'll go get my gear. He's Let's pretty go. much uh, Loudon Downey from um, uh, A Few Good Men. Yeah. 
He's just going to follow orders. Yeah. What do you say? What, yeah. what do you want to do there? Because well, he, he was a he was an enlisted dude, and and uh, uh, William William Devane was a colonel, so yeah. he was kind of the de facto leader of the POWs. Yeah, he was that, that, that comes person. into his character into Devane's character too, where it's like he knew he was the officer. Yeah, he could not break because if he broke, the everybody else there would break as well. Right. So he had to not break for everybody else. So Tommy Lee Jones very much feels like. Kind of owes him his life, yeah, because he got him, got him through got him through POW camp. Yeah, um, this is probably one of Quentin Tarantino's favorite movies. Yeah, he I talks heard about he it. Brought a print to France. To oh yeah, show it on. He owns his own print of this. Yeah, he brought it. He brought yeah. it to France. Yeah, like, and I guess he shows it to fucking everybody. It was funny because uh, oh, I can find it right here. Whoops. Um, Right after we watched it, um, Ianna Murray watched it because she was there. Uh, blah, blah. Oh, that's not the one that I read before. No. Someone else had written a review that, like, uh, Quentin Tarantino making me watch Rolling Thunder is the most con thing ever or something like yeah. that. Anyway. <clears throat> I'm okay with that. Yeah. I mean, I get it. Not everybody's going to be into this type of movie, but yeah, if you're into, like, genre revenge flicks... This is right up there. Yeah. I guess uh, it's not nearly as the 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 climax is not nearly as bloody as Schrader had it written. Apparently, Schrader the ending is far bloody at work because in this one they they end up killing the main bad guys in like a whorehouse. Yeah, I guess in the in the Schrader version they just fucking kill everybody. Nice, which I don't like as much because he still has a code of honor. Right. He's not going to kill people who didn't fuck with him. Right. He's only there to kill with pe- kill the people who fucked with him and those who get in his way of doing that. Right. If you're not in his way, he doesn't care. To the point where, like, when he talks about getting revenge, he doesn't even talk about... It's not revenge for his wife. He doesn't care about his wife anymore. No. He wants revenge for his kid. Yes. You know? <laughs> yep. His wife right. dying is like, okay. We, <laughs> he, sure. She is divorcing me anyway. Yeah. Uh... It is. It's a. It's a tough line to walk to make you buy that he even cares enough to do any of that mm-hmm. because he shows no emotion. Which is why I'm glad uh, they cut the majority of his yeah. dialogue. Yeah, yeah. Because I like the fact that he doesn't talk very much. It's almost everyone else talking at him. Yes. But when he does talk, you're like, oh, okay. And him making them uncomfortable by not saying anything back. Yeah, just staring. Um. I probably won't watch it again, but I would recommend it. Oh yeah, I I, I will. I'll watch it. this. Is this one was my a jam? Um, <laughs> and again, it helped that I was reading cinema speculation and fucking yeah. Tarantino's bringing it up almost every fucking chapter. Yeah, it's like yes, we know you love this film, Quentin. We know you do. <laughs> uh, apparently, Paul Schrader hates it. I believe that. Yeah, as someone who is both a writer and director, to see another director change your shit, I bet is probably f- infuriating. Yeah. But I guess this was a script that was written before Taxi Driver. This was one of his first scripts that he wrote. I believe that, too. Yeah. Um, is he credited? I'm, I believe so. I believe he is still credited. Yeah, he is. Yeah, Haywood Gould is the guy that Flynn brought in, yeah, to change it. Uh, but can, oh. you, can you go back for a second? Yeah. 
I want to click on Flynn because I watched another film of his recently too that was also very good. So I'm like, I need to watch more John Flynn shit. Apparently, outfit. Outfit. Yeah, he did fucking. Oh my! I've actually seen a lot of his shit because I have seen Brain Scan, which is a crazy ass horror film. I've seen Seagal's Out for Justice. I've seen Stallone's Lockup. I have not seen Stephen Baldwin's Absence of God. Good. Oh, absence of good. That absence even, of the good. Yeah. Even better. Surprisingly, a three point one. You don't expect that from a t- Stephen Baldwin no. film. Holy shit! Interesting stuff. Robert Hayes in what appears to be serious work. Yeah. <clears throat> um. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting out- career on John Flynn. The outfit. Oh, it is on Voodoo. Okay. Yeah. I thought that was one of the ones that's not available streaming anywhere. Um, I think it just became available streaming. <laughs> Similar movie, Mad Max. Yeah. In a weird way. Oh, well, yeah. Well, because Max doesn't do a lot of talking in this. I mean, not like Max is very conversationally in a- any of the films. But right. Re- rewatching it, because I rewatched it after you watch it, too. It's crazy how much of this film Max isn't in. Yeah. Um, mad Max doesn't even become mad until like the last twenty minutes. Yeah, I uh, the other thing I've tried to kind of do, I, I've been doing a bang up job because I've done it four times now, is actually writing little reviews. Um, what I love about this is it feels like a prequel that was actually made first. Yeah, but it felt like prequel to me because I had only seen stuff after, yeah. and obviously way more. Um, yeah, so it's very cool to see this is like you know a, a couple months after. Or actually, I would say even this this wasn't a. It was a gradual yeah. uh, decline. So you're in kind of mid societal decline here, because um, there's still a there's still a police of, force, sort of police that are yeah. you know there's still hospitals. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> so society is functioning, but it is going downhill quickly. Right, because the anywhere outside of town is run by lunatics. Fucking toe cutter. Uh, <laughs> A Morton Joe, young A Morton Joe. Yeah. Um, yeah, but like when you read the description of the film, it's like, okay, a cop seeks revenge for the death of his wife and son, which doesn't fucking happen until there's like twenty minutes left in the film. <laughs> uh, I said, no offense to Max's wife, but she was around way too long. The revenging doesn't even start yeah. until the movie is yeah. almost over. Max isn't mad until the very last twenty minutes. <laughs> He's just kind of bebopping around. Yeah. There's a He's lot. He's not of... even the main cop for most of the film, right? It's his buddy. Yeah. That's the one who, like... Because at first, it's a, it's a revenge tale against him. Right. By the, the toe cutter and his gang. You know, because the night, whatever, night ride. The night rider! Yeah. I am the night rider. It starts off with that guy escaping or whatever from whatever. And they take him down. And then his gang gets revenge on the cop who brought him down. Right. And then Max gets pulled into it. Because, I mean, Max is in it, but he's not, he's not the focal point for the majority of the film. And it, he's oh, just the last cop who lives, pretty much. I also, um, it does this thing that I do not like. They just keep telling me how great he is at this. Yeah. Never shows him. Never really shows it. No. It just, you're the best I've got. You're the best. Because yeah, even in the opening Whatever. chase sequence, he's not, he's not even to- involved. He's not the one who brings Night Rider down. Uh, yeah, so I, I, 
I feel like if there hadn't been anything after this, you wouldn't even remember this movie. Prob- if, yeah, if The Road Warrior hadn't been made in... But I mean, it's one of those films where like, yeah, this is good. Um, I, I like it more than you do, but it's it's still good. But they made the, they learned the right lessons yeah. from this film yeah. going into the next one. Yeah, it's not like Fast and the Furious where they've taken it seems like the wrong lessons, and each film since like six has gotten progressively worse. Yeah, this you know this you know the Road Warrior is better than Mad Max. Oh yeah, this is this is Fast and the Furious to Fast and the Furious Five. Yeah, Mac, Mad Max to Road Warrior. Um. So uh, that aside, uh, so I gave I still gave Mad Max a positive review. Mm-hmm. I mean, a three is is uh, uh, not a ringing endorsement, but it's positive. Um, Mad Max two to me is five. Uh, yeah. The last twenty minutes of that are awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the refinery explosion is like one of the best explosions yeah. ever in movies. Yeah, it's. Spectacular. Yeah, but man, I want to know how they got from Road Warrior to this. Like, what happens in those in-between years, man? Oh, from the first one, you mean? To yeah. This? Yeah. Because, um, like, you can well, see between uh, the Road Warrior and Beyond Thunderdome how one got to the other pretty easily. Yeah. Like, well, I want to see the in-between shit here. I kind of, not that I want them to make a prequel movie, but give me a prequel book. Give me a book that takes place in between the two. Yeah. You know? Um, I... One of the things about this series, and Mad Max, for example, uh, uh, Road Warrior, for example, like one of the reasons that it's like that might be that it's one of those, uh, it's being told by the feral kid as an old man. Yeah. So it might not have been nearly as fantastical and over the top as what the movie is. Mm-hmm. We're seeing his recollection from presumably 60 or 70 years earlier. Yeah. Uh, when he was Tilly's age, yeah. Uh, imagine and again, feral. <laughs> yeah, imagine uh, someone Tilly's age trying to explain a fantastic event that happened today. Yeah. I mean, at, at the age of sixty or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also, uh, even though each one is kind of about something different, you can kind of look at it like uh, you know, especially. Beyond Thunderdome, Road Warrior, and even uh, the newest one, Fury Road. Yeah, Fury Road. Uh, Took me a minute too. Jesus. Um, I just I kept wanting to just say Furiosa. Um, they could all just be kind of different variations on the same mm-hmm. uh, legend, and that it's not really exactly the way yeah. it happened and maybe you know there was there was a guy named Max and maybe it wasn't nearly as yeah. over the top bonkers as all uh, as what we're seeing here and that yeah, but that's I mean, what makes it great Thunderdome <laughs> especially it shows how much of everything is built on myth you yeah. know yeah cuz there's now everything is you know we're, we're back to uh oral history mm-hmm. uh no one's writing shit down anymore <laughs> no uh at this point well there's Stuff with drawings and stuff, right? Like mm-hmm. kind of um, like cave drawing level stuff. But um, do you have? I keep meaning to ask. Do you have Beyond Thunderdome on blue? Yes. Okay. Yes, I do. Uh, it was on sale a couple weeks ago, but it was seven ninety nine, and that's I'm not there yet. <laughs> uh, and it's not streaming anywhere. I thought um, I thought for sure that would be a, a catalog something for someone who makes HBO had that forever. They did. Yeah. So is it a Warner? 
Are they Warner? They're Warner Brothers, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah Road Warrior's great. Uh, on to the ones that you watched recently that I watched earlier. Uh, and you, I don't know which one you want to talk about first. Uh, Clute, Andromeda Strain, uh, Friends of Eddie Coyle, French Connection, and Towering Inferno. Jesus, yeah. Uh, we'll start with Clute. Don't have much to say because we've talked about that before. Yeah. It was just fucking awesome. It is. I really like how fucking grimy yep. that film is. Uh, Jane Fonda's fucking fantastic in it. She's so goddamn good. It's like one of those, she's like one of those actresses you always hear about with such a good actress, with such yeah. a good actress. And now, you know, you're like, okay, yeah. sure. And then you go back and see something like that, and you're like, yeah, damn. She was good in that. Sutherland was fucking great. Yeah. Um, very does, good script. Very good script. How does it end? I forgot. She, spoilers, she dies, right? Jesus, does she? Doesn't she get, does she get killed on the rooftop or something? This is what happens no. when you watch too much shit in a row. I know. Because <laughs> you find out, like, the guy who basically sent Sutherland there is the one behind it all. Right. Shit, I, maybe? Was it? I guess I didn't notice that. Yeah, yeah, no, that was that was one of the guys from the beginning who sends, who when is I one of the ones who sends him. When did I watch Clute? It must have been a while ago then. I don't, because I just, I don't remember how it ended. It's, that's one of those things in movies I, could, I never, I get, but I don't always quite get. When you send someone who's a friend of yours to solve a crime that you're going to maybe be implicated in, and then you just hope they don't follow along that thread. How come I can't see when I fucking watched it? Uh, Clute. Now I'm wondering, is that even the one that ends on the rooftop while there's like a parade going on or something? Or am I thinking of a totally I think you're thinking of something different. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what I'm thinking of? What was the one with Robert Mitchum that I just watched? The th that's how Yakuza ends. Uh, Oof! I don't even I, so I don't remember what happened <laughs> at the end of Clute. Then, um, yeah, Cable follows and attempts to kill Daniels, but Clute arrives just in time to save Daniels, and Cable falls out the window to his death. Okay, yeah, Gosh. yeah, because they're at like the I watched the it in March. The, the, Dan. They're at the garment shop. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, yeah, I watched it March fourth, so that must that might as well have been a decade ago. Yeah. Um, very good though. Another Pakula classic. Pacu Pacula. 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 <laughs> oh, fuck that guy. And how he wants to pronounce his name. Um, Andromeda? I liked that. I think I liked it a little bit more than you. It's nuts. Because I don't think it could get made this way today. It's like you said there. No, you didn't. You <laughs> gave it the same three? score. No. Um, Which actually means you liked it less because you are a higher grader than I am. Uh, like for those of you who have seen Lost, it's the entire film seems like a Dharma Initiative video. It does. Um, very, very fucking sciency. Like yeah. this is not an action film until like the last twenty minutes when the guy's trying to get to like a reactor key thing. Yeah. Um, everything else. Then it's is, a video game. Everything else is just hey, let's let's follow the scientific method as it happens. Yeah. Because that's what they're doing. It's. Like, Andrea was very fascinated by it, because she loves fucking, you know, germ warfare, shit like that. Yeah. And, you know, outbreaks. And this is... It did lead to me watching, uh, finally watching Contagion. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah. yeah, my my gripe with it was the whole, was the, uh, the over-showing of technology, of the, like, when they... Yeah. <laughs> the arms, the mechanical arms things. Like, guys, we've... 
We get it. We yeah. see what you're doing. You yeah. don't have to show me. No. You show us moving the rat and then moving <clears throat> the monkey and then doing it again later. Yeah. And they had the they had the toys they wanted to show. Oh them. yeah, because uh, it's a magnificent set. Yeah, it is a magnificent set because you know they built all of that. Yeah. Um, it's a shame. Uh, part of me hopes that somewhere on some back lot, it's still there, still around. Um, I doubt it, but probably not. But uh, <laughs> they might is, have repurposed it for the Dharma Initiative. Films. It is a <laughs> it is a very cool set. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they wanted to show it off. Yeah, Mike had some ideas. Yeah, I, fe- to I, yeah I feel like it's definitely you know if this hadn't been directed by the guy who wrote the book, yeah, it would have been a very different film. I think because I think he oh leaned, definitely because. Anyone who's ever read Crichton knows he he gets the science. Yeah. He fucking dives into the science. Well, and <clears throat> he's like, "Fuck it, I did all this research. I'm putting it on screen to show how this shit works." And that's why some of his other adaptations do not work. Like Congo sucks. Oh, oh god, Congo sucks. sucks. Bad. Because all of that is removed. Mm-hmm. Uh, timeline sucks mm-hmm. because all of timeline is mostly theory. Yeah. Um, but all of that is removed, and that movie sucks. Yeah. <laughs> um, I yeah. can't think of other ones, but yeah, anyway. You need to do like the Jurassic Park thing, where you're balancing well, the science. Well, if you've got Spielberg, everything else yeah. doesn't matter. You're balancing the science with the cool shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. What um, else? Yeah. If, if he's you, had a lot of... Yeah, if uh, you're a science nerd... like Oh, he didn't direct it. I thought he did. Oh, I thought he did too. Uh, oh, well, the producer directed it. Holy shit, he's not even. He's not even the screenwriter. He's the original writer. Well, I Forget- feel like he had a. I feel like he had a very heavy. <laughs> he was there. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> or they. Yeah. Click they- on Crichton because let's because I know he did Westworld in this era. Is he even? Oh, there he is, original writer. Uh yes, he would have done Westworld. Sphere, Sphere sucked. I don't think I've seen Sphere. Oh, the book was so good. I read the book as well as I read in like one night. Yeah. And then I watched the movie and I'm like. This sucks so bad. Disclosure Disclosure's not bad. No. It's not great either. The book was awesome. Um, is, this that, is this one of the films based on his books? Uh these are the these are yeah, these are where he was the original writer. Okay. Um I don't I never read Great Train Robbery. It is on my list of things yeah. to watch though. I'm not expecting much. Uh Go to where he Director. either wrote or directed. Yeah, yeah. Westworld. Westworld. <coughs> he did Runaway. No shit. Oh yeah. That eight, we'll have to watch that during the eighties. I remember that. Some Tom Selleck gold in there. Goddamn right. Um, I don't. I've never heard of Looker. I don't know what Looker is. Oh, it's Albert Finney. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I've got Coma on my Coma's list. On my list uh, too. I just watched Westworld recently. Um, did he have anything to do with uh, Future World, or was that just completely spun uh, off? Yeah, I think that was just spun. So he didn't have anything to do with it. Wow. Maybe producer. Yeah. They probably gave him producer credit for yeah. it. Man, now I'm so far away from <laughs> your list. That... Uh, Eddie Coyle? Yeah, I like Eddie Coyle. I do too. Um, I like that a lot. It, and um, it's another case of, oh shit, we've taken from the wrong fucking person. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yep, it's, so, it's, it's similar to the plot of Charlie Bear. What do we do? <laughs> um, 
this has been I, I this was this is easily my favorite seventies Mitchum. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've said before the other things that I've other seventies ones Yakuza and um, I keep wanting to say Long Goodbye but not Farewell My Lovely or yeah yeah uh, his Marlow um, he is collecting a check yeah <laughs> he doesn't look unhappy to be there he also is he's not, not excited he's yeah. not trying no. <laughs> um. This one, maybe that kind of helps because he's kind of just, he's had it with his, mm-hmm. I mean, in this, he's not an actor, obviously. He's a hood? What would you call him? A, mid-level. Like Slightly ba- below mid-level. Barely mid-level yeah. hood. At, at his age, he should be much higher up in the... Yeah. In the I don't yeah. know. Crime. He's pretty much just the one now who is they're putting in the danger. Like yeah. he's the one who has to go buy the guns from the guy and then yeah. give them to another group that's doing the robbery. That's doing the... Yeah. They don't trust him to even do the fucking robberies right. anymore. It's like, no, you can secure us the guns. That way if you get caught with the guns, we don't lose shit. Right. And you're you're far enough away from us that yeah. like Yeah. And we don't care if you get fucked. Because this is the most likely spot to get pinched. Yeah. Uh you do that. Yeah. And at his age, he should be the one giving orders, yeah. not... Which is why I love the title. Fetching like, the guns. Nobody in this movie is his friend. No. Nobody in this movie is his Nobody friend. in this movie is good, including... Yeah, and, and you know, like, if this movie had had a happy ending, I would have been like, fuck this movie. Yeah, like, me there's too. No good, there's no good way for this movie to fucking end. Right. You know? Because a, a lot of even really good 70s movies do have... Yeah. Maybe not happy ending, but, like, the hero lives. Yeah. Um... I did. I really respected this for because uh, yeah. it usually isn't till like the the uh, you get into the uh, mid two thousands movies where every movie and your Mystic Rivers and your yeah. uh, Prisoners and other stuff like that yeah. uh, where it's everything everything actually I guess everything kicking off from seven mm-hmm. from then it was okay and cool to be yeah. have a downer ending. It didn't really even in grimy downer movies in the seventies. It's still usually yeah. the hero limped away at least. Yeah, uh, not Eddie. No, <laughs> Eddie no Eddie, just, Eddie's not making it out of this. Eddie was doomed from the beginning. Mm-hmm. You kind of knew that, and that was you were just like, oh, you yeah. poor fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're just uh, and uh, every his whole life amounted to nothing. Yeah, <laughs> so, like. Poor Eddie Coyle. It is a great title, too. Um, yeah. uh, my Peter, my biggest Peter Boyle memory <laughs> is, uh, or I guess there would be two, uh, as Raymond's dad, mm-hmm. and as, in his, uh, maybe the top rated of all time uh, X-Files episode is his Clyde Bruckman's yeah. Final Repose, uh, the one where he guest stars. He's also a wizard in Taxi Driver. He is. He is. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's what I, when I think of Peter Boyle, that's what I think of. So seeing him as just a scumbag. Well, is... there's a film called Joe that yeah. I th- that I need to see because it keeps getting brought up where yep. he, where he just plays an utterly unlikable scumbag. Yep. Uh, Peter that... Boyle's got that shit nailed. Yeah, I I keep getting that too. Um, but yeah, it was just it's just kind of. Uh, I mean, especially just if you've watched, because uh, I, I, I've seen a lot of everyone. Everyone loves everyone loves Raymond. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, 
if that's what you're used to for Peter Boyle, seeing him as a scumbag is kind of like, oh, come on. <laughs> come on, Grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, you were a dick when you were younger. Uh, yeah, I really like that, though. Um, French Connection, another one with not a downer ending, but an odd one. Yeah, where uh, they basically make the case and still get kind of fucked for it. Yeah. Like, no, you guys are demoted off this fucking squad, you know. Because, yeah. Yeah, uh, for those of you who don't know, French Connection was all over Twitter this week because apparently mm. it's on Disney+, Plus, which just, what? I didn't know that. I didn't either. I'm like, why is this on Disney fucking Plus? Yeah. Uh, and they edited... And Criterion. Criterion did it too. Well, I think Criterion took the licensing from them and just took the... Like the files they gave them. Oh, so they they. Didn't I don't think Criterion the, knew because I know people were pissed that Criterion especially didn't even have a disclaimer or anything. Yeah. Oh, well, Criterion never does that. Yeah. So I think that's why I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm not giving the benefit of the doubt to Disney. No, someone did it. They fucking cut a line out. And again, it's not a great line, but considering like like you said, some of the shit, some of the '70s movies we've seen this month. Yeah. One line where they drop the N-word is not the worst I've heard right. this month. <laughs> and I, I watch, I follow a guy. Um, but or again, I, or, why is Disney putting that on there? I know. Is, Di- what, is Disney going to fucking put Jackie Brown on there next in something? Right. You know? um, yeah, it's really strange. Is French Connection 2 on there? I don't know. If it is, I'm going to watch it. Yeah, that's, harder, I, that's harder for me to find. Um, yeah, because it's not streaming anywhere, but I don't have Disney Plus set on my, as one of my things on Letterboxd, I don't think. I believe I do. Let me see. Um, a guy that I subscribe to on YouTube, uh, I'm forgetting his name, apologize, but he is a, uh, college professor, uh, who teaches film. Mm -hmm. And, of course, he did a video about it. And, (sighs) no, not showing on Disney Plus. No. Why would they? I am curious, because I guess it's not nearly as good, which is kind of too bad, but yeah. I also still really want to watch it. <laughs> yeah, because the whole plot of 2 is that he goes to fucking right. Europe to find, yeah, to find the drug dealer that eluded him. Yeah. I like that the drug dealer got away at the end of French Connection, you know? And yeah. that's what fucking caused his case to fucking tank, you know? Was he didn't get the bigger fish that he wanted, the international right. drug dealer. Right. Instead, he got some low-level dudes who, you know sell in New York. Yeah. Not sure if that's worth the <laughs> which is the money and death and damages which, that went into this. Right, which you could have just done on a Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. Um especially in a case where you end up killing a fucking cop. Right. Uh, again. <laughs> uh so so the the point of this guy's video was uh or one of the points he was making is it's not even a case where uh you know this line where Popeye Doyle's a scumbag. Mm-hmm. This is part of establishing that. Yeah. This is Popeye Doyle speaking. This is not... It's not one of those things where in any way you feel like, oh, this is the director speaking through dialogue. Yeah. This is... I don't know, Paramount. Who who, who owns it? It doesn't matter. Paramount. I don't fucking know. Uh, This is... It's probably not Paramount. (coughs) This is Paramount speaking. This is Disney Plus's opinion. It is very clearly no more than like... And again, Scar saying something hateful and being like, hey, Disney thinks it's okay to murder your brother. Yeah. No, again, that's not... Based on a true story. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm, I'm sure it's well-established Pop, Popeye Doyle was probably a racist prick. Yeah. 
And in, in certain instances, that's what made him a good cop. And like in certain instances, that's what made him a bad cop. And then the other uh, the other thing he mentioned was like, and it's also odd they cut that line out, mm-hmm. but they didn't cut out him harassing and beating black people. Yeah. Just, they left that in. Just the line of him dropping just the N-word. the line with the word in it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was... Yeah, because there's still the bar scene. Yeah. <laughs> Where he's horrible. And people. isn't that the very beginning of the movie, or pretty close to yeah. it? Yeah. That's like right off the bat. It's establishing is, yes. that Clyde Doyle's a terrible human exactly. being. Uh, and if it wasn't for, you know, the Roy Scheider character, he would probably not be a cop anymore. Right. But he's got a partner who is a good cop. Yeah. And who... Goes to bat for him because he's and tries to keep him, yeah, in control. Yeah, uh, very confusing. Has there been any response? Not that I've seen. I haven't. I didn't see. Anything and I either. follow Criterion, so I haven't seen yeah. them go like, "Ah, uh, yeah, we fucked up. Sorry." Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, that's the one thing Criterion cannot afford to do is to edit filmmakers' works. You would think that is the because their whole thing is film preservation. Exactly. That... That's why we. That's why. That's why we put out these big box sets of other shit so we can release all these little films from films from films that would never get money. Right. If you start allowing edited shit, people are going to be like, "No, we're not going to let you touch our fucking film." Right. Yeah. Very strange. Mm-hmm. Um, Towering Inferno. The most 70s thing I've watched. Feels like a TV movie, doesn't it? It, it feels 100... <laughs> like, I think I put it in my review. It's, yeah, you did. It's a TV movie with effects budgets. Yeah. From the sets... And cast budget. From the set sets to the costuming, everything about it. I'm like, this feels like a Saturday Night Movie on CBS yeah. type of thing. Um, yeah, you can definitely tell like they went for it with the effects work. And, and the cast is a big-name cast, not saying they're giving their best work. No. Because they are most... Oddly enough, probably the one that gave the best work was Fred Astaire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I actually cared when his wife died. Yeah. No one else I gave a fuck about. I didn't give a fuck about Steve McQueen's character. I didn't really give a fuck about Paul Newman's character. They, You know, they're there. They definitely didn't care about O.J. Simpson's character. I forgot, about, I forgot O.J. was in it. Yep. <laughs> uh, like you said... Big star-studded cast. Yeah. I can't... I still... Uh, it stuns me that this was a fucking Academy Award-nominated no- film. Yeah. In the same year as The Godfather 2. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Leo yeah. Holden's good. Yeah. Yeah, nobody's awful in it. Nobody really sticks out as, holy shit, they're bad. But yeah, any scenes where there's not like some serious infernoing... Who was Robert Wagner? Uh, who the fuck was he in the film? Bigelow? One of the guys? One of the boss guys? Yeah, Robert Vaughn was the senator. Who the fuck was, was Wagner one of like the owners of the building? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. <sighs> Fucking Dabney Coleman. Not enough of Dabney. Nope. Deputy Chief number one. Nice. Um, yeah, it was... The reason I actually watched it that night is because Andrea got me for Father's Day and it came early, a sound bar for the bedroom. Oh, cool. So I wanted to test it out. Yeah. And I had the Towering Inferno upstairs to watch one night. And I'm like, oh, hey, this, this will probably give me some good sound and I don't have to go downstairs to grab another film. Yeah. <laughs> so 
I end up watching. Did not realize it was like fucking eight hours long. <laughs> it was like two hours and 40 <sighs> minutes long? or some shit. Was it really? God damn it. Where does it say? Why does it? Why is this so hard to read? Details. 165 minutes. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Why? I watched it very episodically. I watched it while like doing some of the shit in the room. Like I got the TV set up. Yeah. Played it. Oh, hey, I'm going to put away my laundry. Oh, hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get on my phone for a little bit. And then I just, like... Because I started watching it at around, like, 4.30. Because I was like, I'll watch it until Andrea gets home from work. And it was one of the nights she worked late. And was there until, like, 7.15, 7.30. Yeah. So by the time she was almost home, I had watched the movie. And I was like, holy shit, how long was this fucking movie? <laughs> we, uh... Yeah, we dinner watched it. So, like... 30 minutes at a time yeah. over like four days or five days or whatever. Yeah. Where I guess it would be like six days. Yeah. Where you're not really keeping track of how fucking long it actually yeah. is. Because it does, it is well broken up. That's yeah. also kind of what made it feel TV movie like was it was kind of broken up into yeah. chunks. Um, I mean, even a TV movie is broken up into, still broken up into 22 minute chunks because yeah. of commercials and all that shit. Makes me wonder if maybe that's what the <clears throat> script originally was. And, and then wonder, someone was like, hey, I want to make this. I could get Newman and McQueen. Yeah. Um, it is a massive cast, though, yeah. of, like, if you if you want to boost several uh, of your Letterboxd actor stats yeah. uh, all at once, mm-hmm. and you're, you're yeah. doing a 70s run, this is one of the ones it, to do and it. And it kind of reminded me of, like, a 50s movie in that way. Yeah. Like, hey, we're going to make an epic. Get yeah. everybody. Yeah. Um, we're just going to make this epic. In a one st- in a building, in a what's, tall building. What's the one that I just watched on the boat? It's this, but a boat. Uh, Poseidon Adventure. Mm-hmm. Same, Same thing. Deal. <laughs> yeah. uh, only well, that's because they realized you could make money doing this. Yeah, just uh, throw a one, lot of actors at which it. Which one was first? What what, what year was uh, Poseidon? Was seventy two? Yeah. What's seventy four for seventy four Towering Inferno? Um. Yeah. So there, there's and there's a whole uh, yeah. series of, and I've never even heard of that director. John Gillerman. Like, what else has he done? He has done... Oh, he did Death on the Nile, so i Oh, he, seen... he did the 70s King Kong. Shaft in Africa? Jesus. This uh, this dude's got a fucking career. Death on the Nile is actually pretty good. Yeah. What an interesting career, though. Wait, did I not watch this one? I must not have. I watched the... Uh, um, Orient, Orient Express. Express. 70s one. I, I'll have King Kong, Sheena, Shaft in Africa. My... How do I do stuff on this fucking desktop? Oh, fuck it. I'll do it later. Uh, Sheena. Interesting. What a weird career. Looks like it goes back a ways, too. Back to the 50s. Hmm. So he's just one of those guys they knew if he, he could get it done. Yeah, that's, that's what it looks like. Uh, he's got a pipe, so... Yeah. I mean... Nice. Uh, that was the last one that we had both watched. Let's go back All to... All right. So May. what else? Um, it would start here. Rollerball. Man, Rollerball would have been a five-star film if they'd stuck with the fucking rollerballing. Um... You know, if you were, because I remember like roller derby from when we were kids, like W. Norman Jewison. Yeah, uh, like they would show like old roller derby. They would show roller derby on like WGN, 
And it was like, it's like roller skating, but with professional wrestling thrown in. Right. You know, over the top <sighs> characters. And that's what this film is. And roller, really? rollerball is like the biggest sport in the world. And the people behind Rollerball kind of want to change it, but they want James Caan out because he's the biggest star of the game. He's the face of Rollerball, and they can't make the changes because he doesn't want to do them. So they need to find a way to get him out. So they decide that they're going to change the rules of every... It's like, imagine if you started the, the NBA playoffs, and then each round they change the rules. It would actually be more interesting. Like, oh, by the way, there's no fouls this series. <laughs> you know... Oh, by the way, there's no substitutions this series. That's kind of what they start doing in attempt to essentially kill James Caan. Nice. So that, you know, because they want him to gracefully retire and he doesn't fucking want to because he's the highest paid guy. He's the most popular guy. And like I said, they want to change it so that they make more profit and don't have stars really anymore. Yeah. Um, when they're not rollerballing, this it's kind of dull. Um. Yeah, but when when the games are actually happening, they're very exciting. It's fun shit. Um, I wish it had been more rollerballing. So, oh, and it's on Tubi. Yeah. Uh, Kino Warber also <coughs> released it on Blu-ray and 4K. Of course they did. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Kino Warber's killing it lately. Do your... Uh, it might just be the the way it reacts to... I've never had it happen with any other movies, but it has with the Kino Warber ones. Uh, reacts funny with your... Um, like when you go to, if you go to the, I'm explaining this horribly, uh, on the PS, because I watched it on the PS4. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you pause it and then go to the thing that brings up uh, your menu options mm-hmm. and stuff, if it's paused, it starts rewinding backwards. I uh, know, I've never. Or, and not even rewinding, skipping backwards. I don't think I've ever tried that. Because usually I just bring it up. Because like on my Blu-ray, you can just bring up the pop-up menu and the movie will keep playing anyway. Yeah. I've never paused it and tried that. I'll have to try it. Well, that, that's like. what. If you do that, it's fine. It yeah. doesn't do that. If it's if it's playing and you do the pop up menu, it just keeps it's yeah. But there's like a, it's like a glitchy thing. It might just be the way the PS4 reacts with it. But I've only ever it's it's happened on every Kino Lorber that I've watched and not no other ones. I've never done. Yeah, I've never. I'll have to try it. It must be the way it's coded. Yeah, that there's a little glitch that if you pause and then bring the pop up up, it fucking glitches it out. It starts skipping. And, and randomly jumping backwards and jumping around in the movie. Sometimes jumping ahead. Huh. Yeah, it's weird. Oh, I've never had that um, I mean, it's not an issue if you know not to do it, yeah. <laughs> which I've learned at this <laughs> point. But every time I watch one, I'm going to try it and see if yeah. it does it. Um, is that where you watched it on... Did you, ha- do you have I've got the, the Blu-ray, yeah. yeah. Uh, sis- what else we got there? Uh, Switchblade Sisters. Uh, fun little exploitation flick. Um, basically the female warriors. Okay. Um, only they're not fighting through like New York in that way, but they're like the cops trying to bring down the gang, but they're all underage. So they're still getting away with shit. And the Is cops- this person up here, someone we know, she looks no, familiar. No, she's just very familiar looking. Okay. Uh, nobody. Isn't she, isn't she though? Yeah, but nobody really in this is someone, you know. No. Um, it's a very... 70s exploitation film. Um, super fun, though. Jack Hill, same guy who also did, like, coffee and that <laughs> shit. A tough gang of teenage girls are looking for love and fighting for turf on the mean streets of the city. Yep. That's nice. essentially what it is. Uh, they bring in a new girl into the gang, and the the girl gang's boyfriends are all in another gang, our gang of guys, and that leader starts liking the new girl. You know, so there's some of that shit in there. But, yeah, it's... It's 
fun. Is it, Switchblade Sisters the name of the group, the the gang? No, they're actually because um, it's there's an alternative title to it. They're actually the oh. uh, shit. What were they fucking called? I mean, whatever it is, it can't be better than Switchblade Sisters. Oh, they are. It is not. <laughs> it can't Let's be. Scroll down for some see if I don't else believe you. It. Uh... No, I don't yeah. see it. Oh, just, yeah, one of the reviews did me. There's a, a one of the female characters named Donut who's like always eating. Where the girls like, oh, you're so fucking fat, Donut, and you know they're always making fun of her. I mean, she's pretty much ten pounds heavier than everybody <laughs> else. And it's Lenny Bruce's daughter who plays Donut. No, so it's like interesting. But yeah, it's. Again, nothing you're going to take too seriously, but yeah, it's fun. Lots of of heavy talk. And of course, Switchblades. Well, yeah. They better be. Yeah. Uh, Martin. Looks like uh, you gave it four and a half. I love Martin. Martin is like one of the underseen films from um, Romero, George Romero. Um, It's about a kid who... They come from a long line of Romanians... And it's always like, oh, you're going to become a vampire. You're going to become a vampire. It's a vampire movie. But it's not. But it is. Like, he goes to live with his uncle, who is like, the second you do something vampiric, I'm going to murder you. Nice. Um, You know, the house is draped in garlic. And the kid... The kid is a murderer. Like, he's yeah, straight... Seems he, to he, be. In seems the, to be. <laughs> in the opening scene of the movie, he has he's on a train to go live with his uncle, and he, like, doses a woman in the neck with a fucking syringe. And then, like slices her arm open and drinks her blood. So there's a lot of vampiric tendencies without, like, <laughs> actual, like, fangs. Vamp curious? Yeah. Oh, it's on Tubi! Um, Amazing. Yeah. Uh, Second Sight recently, like, did a 4K deluxe edition of it. That's fucking awesome. Because I used to have it on DVD, and the DVD looked like it came from, like, a 10th generation VHS. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those films, like, for decades was hard and to fucking see. Probably did. Um, it's really good. I really, really like it. It's, it gets into some weird thematic shit. Ooh, uh, just shout out real quick. They did it last June, too. Maybe it's just a June thing. Um, you know how when I buy my Voodoo gift cards, I'm, I just got a notification. Um, if you buy them digitally from Voodoo, every month there's a 10% off code. Mm-hmm. Uh, in June it's 15, just Ooh. FYI. So if you want to, like, double load up your... Uh, yeah, get a, a free movie. Get a free movie out of it, pretty much for every hundred dollars you spend. Uh, exactly, more. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I usually, when I do it, I usually do it sixty three dollars at a time because that's exactly like, well, it's exactly twelve. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, um, <laughs> <clears throat> including tax, it gets yeah. you exactly twelve five dollar movies because it's got to be over fifty to get the discount. Yeah. So I always do sixty three. Um, they haven't been lasting as long lately no I've been going what taking from card already (laughs) but I just loaded a gift card Uh, what else Uh, Sisters uh, Brian De Palma fun film uh, starring Margot Kidder as twins quote unquote twins um, who one likes to lure men back the other likes to kill the men Um, there's a creepy doctor are they conjoined they were conjoined okay um She's French for some reason. Okay. Uh, but this is just... Margot kind of kills it in this. Uh, Charles Durning plays creepy private eye type of guy. Um, 
yeah, dogged cops trying to solve the case. Olympia Dukakis was in <clears> that? <throat> I did not notice her. Yeah, I was well, As soon as you said uh, Charles Durning, I said, I bet he's got a lot of stuff on my list that I haven't even noticed. Oh, of course he does. He's in uh, everything. Yeah. I love fucking Charles Durning. Um, just real quick, I don't know why Charles Durning reminded me of it, because they're not even close to the same type of actor. Um, shit, what's his name? Uh, again, this is awful. I should have fucking thought about this first. Um, he's in... He's the black guy. He's in everything. Kofat... Uh, Yafet Kodo. Yafet Kodo. Um, he was one of those persons because I, I I noticed he was in like seven or eight movies that are on my thing that I, that he's not the star of any of them. He's never the star. In he's any never of them. the star of any of them. Um, and he's just well, I guess that's what it was because he's just kind of in everything like Charles Charles Durning. And it was weird because he was one of those. It was one of those times where I was retroactively sad that he died. I was like, oh, oh he's, he's still alive. I thought no, no, he is not, oh. Dan. I hate to break it to you live on air. I thought Charles. I thought I thought this is, was still alive. This is the experience I had last night. I was like, "Oh no, he's dead." He was eighty-two. He lived. Yeah, he was, he was he pretty good. Alive, but pretty I, good. he stopped making shit for the longest time. Mm. Uh, he was one of those. He was in everything, and then he just stopped making movies in like the nineties. Kodo, is that right? Close enough. Oh, I I hate Letterbox. Makes you get it's things just, fucking it's just, exact. It's just, oh wait, I'm not uncast. Yeah, is it? There's just one F in Yaffa? I don't know. Yeah, I know. It's fucking terrible that they. Come on. Just do Kodo. See what pops up. Come on. They're probably not even. That's probably not even good enough for them. There we go. Oh, it's P. That's the PH. I I missed it. Um, He. Oh, he's not even listed as being dead here, but he is. He is indeed dead. Are we uh, sure? <laughs> well, the reason. Well, I hope he is because I watched a clip of. Uh, I hope he's dead. <laughs> that, that came out really bad. Uh, I get for remember I, Rich Eisen again. Um, again, I think man, fucking Google. Uh, I was looking up a lot of Yafet Kodo stuff, and then of course Google recommended, uh, "Hey, do you want to watch this th- this uh, clip of the R- Rich Eisen show where he's mourning the passing of oh. Yafet Kodo?" Uh, and You're Midnight Run was that he was like, what he was talking what? about. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, I, I mean, yeah, I don't know why I would know that. It's not like I saw him in something yesterday. No, uh, like, like I said, he stopped making movies around the nineties. Yeah. Uh, it yeah, felt like uh, anyway. I mean, I recently, well, fairly, just last year, watched Alien. Um, so fairly recently for me. Uh, but he, Midnight Run is on a list, and I just recently bought. I've never seen Midnight Run. Do you want to hear my reason oh, why? I love that movie. Remember a couple weeks ago when I said, or it might have been the last time we did this, um, that I had never seen Angel Heart mm-hmm. because in my ten-year-old brain that sounded like a girl movie. Yeah. Okay, uh, I've never seen Midnight Run because I hate everything else Charles Grodin has oh. ever been in. Oh, Charles Grodin is... I get that. I don't um, like Charles Grodin. I don't. And I was like... But that's why this movie, he's so good, because he's an unlikable motherfucker. Because it was four ninety nine, and I knew it, it was really popular, and it's got a 3.8, so I was like, fuck it, I'll buy it and finally watch this fucking movie that I've never seen. And I remembered why I hated it. And I was like, was I just being an idiot kid? 
No, I was not. You want to see this motherfucker's filmography? Get ready to mm-hmm. need to peroxide your eyeballs. Because Charles Grodin was in Beethoven, yep. So I Married an Axe Murderer, The Great Muppet Caper. Yeah, he was the villain in The Great Muppet Caper. Uh, Clifford, Beethoven Second. Yeah. Uh, yeah, in the, the 90s were not a good time for him. Oh, oh, a Belushi my, film. My taking le- care maybe of business. Maybe my least favorite movie of all time, Taking Care of Business. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was on HBO all the fucking time. Heaven Can Wait's okay. <laughs> fucking Clifford, Beethoven yeah. movies. Like, what an asshole. Yeah. For the movies that you've been in. And that is why I have and never... And just seems like a prick. He does. Like, look at that photo. I just want to punch him. <laughs> Uh, also dead. <laughs> also dead. I did not kill him. Uh, he died in 2021. Uh, yeah, so that is why I've yeah. never seen Midnight Run. But it was four ninety nine this week and I bought it. Yeah. Well, he's good in that because it's, again, it's De Niro constantly wanting to punch him. Okay. And you're just like, do it. That's probably real. Do it, De Niro. Uh, so anyway, I saw that, I, and I might watch it, I mean, Alien's always worth Meanwhile, watch. Meanwhile, Yafa uh, Koto, Alien, Running Man, Live and Let Die, Cross 110th Street, Blue Collar, Thomas Crown yeah. Affair, fucking Friday Forrester, fucking great list of films, Truck Turner, Brubaker. So, I just looked at, like, the stuff that was on my list, I mean, that round was already on my list, I have Blue Collar right over there, uh, Thomas Crown Affair's on my list, Cross 110th Street's on my list, Brubaker I bought, like, last year sometime, um... So when 80s comes around, I assume you have this on Blu-ray. I, it is not streaming. No, it, it's coming out on 4K soon. I have, like, the German media steel, like media book edition in 4K. Because that was av- unavailable for the longest fucking time. And I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to pay the $30 to fucking import <laughs> that. I can't read the fucking menus. I don't care. <laughs> I, just, I just need the one that looks like it says play. Yeah. You can pretty much guess. <laughs> And of course, within six months of me buying that, they're like, oh, 4K coming soon. I'm like, nice. you fucks. Um, Cross 110th Street, I think, is on TV. I love that movie. It is. Good. Uh, I, haven't that actually, movie. I haven't seen that movie in a long time, but that fucking movie is great. <laughs> it was on my list, and of course, when I was going through his stuff, I clicked on it again because I knew it was on my list. Hey, yeah. And Money I, taken from the mall. And I realized that I, now I have to watch it because it'll be the end of my trilogy of uh, stealing from the wrong people. It's yep. so good, too. So good. And again, like Gloss Eddie says, great theme song. Yeah. Which you hear in... Jackie Brown. Jackie Brown. Starts off Jackie Brown. Oh, does I, it? Yeah. I, I, just, and again, I just have always had it. I've had it in my head since then. <laughs> I get why people hate Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. He can be severely obnoxious when listening to him talk. I fucking love how much he loves movies. Yeah. And how much he is unabashedly unafraid to throw those into his films. Yeah. Because I, I can't remember which film it's from. I'm just learning now that the, My Name is Buck and I Like to Fuck from Kill Bill is from a 70s film. I that's Remember, that's my uh, Tarantino blind spot. Those yeah. are the only two nope. Tarantinos I have not seen. But there's a character in, in that film whose name is Buck. He's like, My Name is Buck and I Like to Fuck. <laughs> and... Again, I, I was like, that's a cool fucking line. Did not realize it was stolen straight from a fucking 70s film. He has an encyclopedic nice. knowledge of like every film he's ever seen. And the ones he loves, he throws little things in there. It's I like, wish I had that kind of memory. Because yeah. like, you and I couldn't even remember how Clute ended. Yeah. And you just watched it. we watched it, it two <laughs> weeks ago. Um, but again, this is a guy who 
as much as we say we love to watch movies, yeah, this guy did nothing oh, yeah. but watch movies. Um, on Kill Bill, I think we established that I have seen some of Kill Bill too because uh, I remember something in a, a, a fight in a trailer park. Yeah, and that you said that was two. It's two. I know. I wa- I wish they would make like. Like you know, when you, like with books, they do like the annotated editions of books. Yeah, I want to see like an, an, an annotated Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, where it's like, oh, this is where this one came from. This, is. yeah. And I, I don't always listen to the commentaries. Maybe the, some of the commentaries and shit it does. Because I would imagine he does commentary on all of them. You know, right? I don't know if he does. I don't. I don't listen to hmm. him. I mean, that's what. I, maybe that's what I'll do towards the end of this year. I'll fucking. Because apparently. The next film he's doing is called The Film Critic, or something like that. Yeah. And he actually talks about, I think, who it's about in... Because there was a film critic who was very, very important to him growing up, who liked all of the movies he liked. Yeah. That was, like, the first critic he, like, identified with, and was like, that guy likes the movie, I'm gonna go see it. Yeah. And I think... Which is... We've talked about this before in terms of video games, um, and I think about it all the time, is that critics get a lot of shit, but if you're reading critics' reviews and, like, getting mad that you disagree with them, you're following the wrong critics. Yeah. You, it seems like you shouldn't do this, yeah. but what you need to do is find someone yeah. who likes the shit that you do. Yeah. Even if they're wrong, you agree with it. Yeah. So, like... It's why I fucking hate Owen Gleiberman. Yeah. Who was Entertainment Weekly's fucking film critic forever. <clears throat> His reviews would make me so fucking mad. So I'm like, you didn't get this fucking film. Yeah. And again, it's not like I was following him on Twitter or anything, because it was just, I happened to get Entertainment Weekly every week, and I'd read his fucking review, and it's like, well, that's why when, like, Lisa Schwartzbaum would get the review, I was like, yes. Yeah. I like her better than him. Yeah. Um, I used to, I felt that way about um, uh, video game reviews, like, yeah. if the wrong person got the review, I was like, I, I'm not going to get anything out yeah. of this. And that was, and Tarantino, that's who I think this film is going to be about in kind of, like, his Once Upon a Time in Hollywood type of way. Yeah. Where it's going to be fantastical. Which I haven't rewatched yet. I need to rewatch mm-hmm. that. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, in three hours. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's a. Oh, is it? Yeah. That's probably why I, still, I, still have to watch, I haven't rewatched it. I still have to it. watch his four hour cut of um, Hateful, Hateful Eight. Hateful Eight? Nah, I think I'm all set. I think that when I watch it again, I'm just going to watch the regular cut again. Because <laughs> I'll never notice the new shit anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Which does it make? <laughs> um. I because ha- I haven't watched. That. I was surprised that I that I guess that came out longer ago than I thought, because I w- I was surprised that it's not logged on Letterbox. I've only seen it once, so uh, I guess I thought it was more recent than that. Mm-hmm. But it's like twenty fourteen or fifteen or yeah. something, isn't it? Um, what else there? Uh, the getaway. The getaway. Uh, I plan on watching. I bought it like a year ago. I plan on watching, so we don't really need to. If you it's don't want fine. To. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, Ali McGraw, I don't really care for in it. No. Tarantino made an extra, excellent point where, like, all of her acting in that film is interior because she's about trying to make the relationship work while he's trying to get away with the crime. Yeah. Um, I still don't care for her in it. I don't. I'm like, the bit most famous thing for me about The Getaway is this is when McQueen started fucking, you know, the producer's wife, Ali McGraw. Huh. And it was the produ- it was Robert Evans' idea, the producer, to put him in this movie together. He insisted they get in this movie together. Huh. And then McQueen fucks her and steals her. Huh. Yeah. Which I'm pretty sure is the 
part of The Godfather that we talk about when The Godfather comes out. <laughs> uh, say, they came out the same year, but I think Coppola was probably enough in the know in Hollywood that it's like, oh, I kind of like that idea. Because the whole producer's like, she was the greatest piece of ass I ever had. He took her. <laughs> she uh, was beautiful. Uh, Tulane Blacktop was an interesting film. Uh, I'd never watched that before. It's a, it's a car film where these... Guys race these two guys. They're known by as the mechanic and the driver. The mechanic is played by um, Dennis Wilson of the Beach Boys, and the driver is James Taylor of James Taylor. <laughs> um, and of they've, the and, James Taylor, and they've got a girl, Lori Bird, along for the ride, um, who's a hitchhiker. <laughs> she, is, she is literally the uh, girl. The girl. Oh yeah, and uh, Warren Oates' name is something like that too. GTO because he drives a GTO. Um, oh, none of them really have names. No. Huh. Interesting. Harry Dean Stanton's probably the hitchhiker. Oklahoma mm-hmm. hitchhiker. Yeah. Um, they're basically, you know, they drive, they, they, they're they driving from like California to the East Coast, getting in car races as they go to earn money. Uh, they're constantly coming into contact with the Warren Oates character who's driving a GTO, who is essentially like the fucking Joker. Like, nothing that guy says out of his mouth is the truth. He's the only one that has what would even resemble a name. Yeah. In the um, enti- I just went through the entire cast. They're all the something. Yeah, he keeps running into them all throughout, and he's like, you know, why are you guys trying to fucking do this, blah, blah, blah. But every time he tells, like, his origin story to a different character, it's fucking different. Like, he's constantly lying about shit. Uh, so he's a very interesting character. But it's... It's a hangout movie. Oh. Like, there's no propulsion... Other than, like, they're... they're tr- like, eventually, at some point, they're like, well, yeah, well, let's race from here to fucking Virginia. Whoever gets there first right. wins and gets the other person's car. Only they constantly stop along the way to hang out. <laughs> they're like, oh, shit, your car broke? We'll wait while you get that part ordered. You know, in, in the yeah. meantime, let's help each other out. And it's it's a very, seven, like, end of the 60s type of fuck the man. Let's just do this, man. It's the problem I always, even as a kid, that I had with Cannonball Run. I'm thinking... For people that want to win this race, they're doing an awful lot of fucking around. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Even yeah. as like an eight-year-old, I could pick yeah. up on that. Now, I know, obviously, yeah, like the, 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 get them into zany situations. The but. driver could have easily won this race <laughs> numerous times. Because for one, there's two of them in the car, and there's only one guy in the other one. They, so they could have right. taken turns, although the mechanic never fucking drives. Okay. He just doesn't. Yeah. You know, he's the one who fixes the car, hence his name. Um, right. But yeah, it's a... It's a <laughs> Dan, he can't drive. That's not his name. Yeah. It's like I, I put it It's a very existentialist film. Yeah. Like, where are we going? What's even going on? What's happening? Where do we go from here, man? Like, it, it's asking a lot of philosophical questions for, like, a film about co- guys fucking racing. Um, but yeah, War Notes is awesome in this film. So creepy. Steals every scene he's in. He's just utterly watchable. I mean... Brian Wilson, and, I mean, Dennis Wilson and James Taylor are fine. You know, they're not actors. But they're, but they're also not actors. They're not actors. But I bet they, but, you know, after, it's, this is definitely like, man, Easy Rider was cool. Let's try to do something like that only yeah. with cars. Yeah. Um, well, just like, just like, we we think that this, uh, the copying and stuff of superheroes and all that stuff is a recent thing. It is not. No. <laughs> Hollywood's been doing this forever. Yeah. Um, we just talked about how... Poseidon Adventure comes out, and then all of a sudden, every fucking year, there's a new there's airports and big cast disaster movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that we we have liked every one of them pretty yeah. well. You know, yeah. Liked them. Um, it's no, it's funny when you said he uh, every time uh, he 
gives his backstory, it's different. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we were also talking earlier about being retroactively sad about someone passing away, which just re- triggers a member a thing. Another time when uh, very recently, like a week ago, that I was retroactively sad. No one's going to care about this but me. Um, my first college advisor at Farmington uh, was this guy. His name was Jack Quinn. Very Massachusetts-y name. Mm-hmm. Uh, he worked for... He clerked for uh, JFK for a summer. Oh, no shit. Uh, when he was in college. Um, just a... He's the reason that I got into political science and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and, and going through... I took every single one of his classes. Uh, he was a golfer, so I loved that. Anyway, he had this limp. And uh, it was hilarious because, you know, after you've taken his class once... Someone always asks, and yes, what happened to your leg? And then you realize in the second class that you take of his that he tells a different story every single time. (coughs) That's awesome. Yes, it was so by like, and he would always like kind of wink at the the people that had that were like regulars and stuff because we all knew that he was, and I never knew. So anyway, I looked up to, I just looked up to see if I could find him or whatever. I don't know, because for some reason, I, oh, it was because when Fallon, uh, my niece Fallon just graduated from college a couple weeks ago, and that got me thinking about that sort of stuff. Um, so I looked up, he has since passed away, and it's in his uh, obituary what actually happened. And it turns out it was one of the stories that he told. Mm-hmm. Uh, he basically, uh, sliding into second base in high school ripped everything out of his knee. He, oh. like, he cleat caught on... Uh, it, the way it read, his cleat caught on a bag and... Yeah. Uh, and when you did that in 1963... Yeah, there was a lot of arthroscopic surgeries yeah. to repair. You so. were going to limp for the rest of your life unless you were... Yeah. E- or even if you were a pro athlete. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> that's what... I can't... He had... There were several. Uh, <laughs> but one awesome. of the one of them was sliding into second base. Yeah. Um, Which to me feels like it would be the least believable... You know, like that. I don't know. Some of the other ones were pretty good. Oh yeah, Uh, yeah. (laughs) Um, Uh, I'll talk about Cooley High because that's another like Criterion Collection film that I'd never seen. Um, Yeah, I I, I compared it to like you cross the the storylines of House Party with Boys in the Hood. Oh yeah, where it's just kind of a fun hangout movie. These kids, it's you know their last year. Getting ready for college, one kid's like the basketball player, another kid's kind of wants to be a writer. So it's got the same kind of like American graffiti feel to it, where they're just looking. But no, to, John Witherspoon. No, John Witherspoon. But they're looking to party. He could have been in it, and all this shit happens, and unfortunately, one of them gets murdered oh. by a gang. <laughs> oh, Garrett Morris. Yeah, like as in Saturday Night Live, yeah. Garrett Morris. Oh yeah, he plays the teacher. He plays the teach because what happens is they all get busted for like stealing a car. Two the, the the two main characters are kind of the those two. They didn't realize the car was stolen, so he gets them out of jail. Huh. The other two guys that were also in the car, who are actual straight up fucking hoods, are like they got released. Those motherfuckers snitched on us, and then go and find him and beat him to death. <laughs> nice. So he does not get the happy ending where he gets to go to college to play basketball, right? Um, and then his friend beca- ends up becoming a writer. You know, um, very fun film, and it's nice to just see an all black cast in a typical a story that 
for me, other than House Party, it's been, you know, usually all white cast type of things. But yeah. Yeah. Picture... Picture House Party only when the the, the, the the three villains in House Party. Just picture they actually get a hold of play and then murder him. Yeah. You know? That type of film. Where it's a lot of goofy hijinks that takes a very serious turn at the end. <laughs> they got Ricky. Yeah, they got Ricky. Um, He was going to go to SC, man. He was. He was. And that F- kid was going to go play for, like, DePaul or something. Football, yeah. yeah. Uh, Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore. Scorsese film I've talked about before, I think. I, I watching it this time, I'm like, yeah, this is a better fucking film than Mean Streets. Mean Streets was yeah. um, just really good. Yeah. And again, people that don't realize, remember the TV show Alice in the '80s? Yeah, that's this. Really, this was the movie that that like Mash that spun off from this. Vic T- Vic Tabak is even in this. Oh look, they're even kind of wearing the same. Yeah, uh, yeah, the same outfits, same unis. Yeah. Um, they've got they've got flow. And she doesn't say kiss my grits in this, but you know they needed that for the TV show, right? But like Vic Tayback is still playing Mel, you know? Huh. Yeah, she basically runs away from like an abusive household with her kid. Uh, Harvey Keitel's briefly in it as another abusive dick bag. Um, falls for Chris Christopherson. You know, thing. You know, will they or won't they? You know, sure. She wants to be a singer. Um, it's a good film. It's a really good uh, film. Ellen Burstyn's phenomenal in it. The kid who plays her son, and it's really, really good. Yeah, very good movie. Highly underrated Scorsese flick because it's not what you think of when you think of a Scorsese flick. Uh, then I did like my comp, my seventies comedy day. Or I did American Graffiti, Blazing Saddles, Saddles and Animal House. <laughs> you said you did your 70s comedy day. I was looking at Apocalypse Now and Hearts <laughs> of Darkness. Uh, Same. That was the day before. That was, you yeah. know. <clears throat> um, yeah, you kind of. It's just so fucking good. That movie's fucking awesome. And I, I, I went back and I watched the. I, I pretty much only watch the theatrical cut when I rewatch it now. Which is what I watched. Yeah, I do not watch the fucking complete dossier edition now because that. Yeah. I like the scenes, but I like them as deleted scenes, not thrown into the movie. Cause it fucking throws the movie all out of whack. Which for me. is why they were cut in the first place. Yeah. Uh, but um, one of the truly great, great movies. Yeah. And then again, whenever I watch that, I feel like I have to watch the documentary right afterwards. Yeah. Is um, that uh, not streaming anywhere? I feel like usually you can find that on YouTube. It was on HBO for the longest like time, a, too. Um, Bootleg on YouTube. Uh, Animal House Blazing Saddles. I did add Blazing Saddles because I have Blazing never seen Saddles it. is a film where they uh, Disney would not be able to play any of that. No, uh, I do have it on my list. It is streaming somewhere. Right? That, is it on HBO? Yes. Yeah that that film crosses every fucking line you can think of to cross. Um, I have I've seen Animal House. I don't have it on my list. I don't like that movie. Animal House is fun. Too long. Yeah, it's I, too fucking long. But again, though, Animal House annoys the shit out of me. We've seen 18 other versions of Animal House by this that's, point. That's it's, probably why. Yeah. it's. I mean, this was the original, like, you know, college kids getting back at the Dean. Yeah. You know, and, and the the snooty frat. Uh, probably it's, it's by the time... Eight, yeah, by the time I saw it for the first time, exactly. I've seen 12 other versions. Yes. This was not original. And I <laughs> haven't watched it in probably 20 years, so I think I was able to kind of separate that a little bit better now. Yeah. Because, yeah, Jesus... Um, American Graffiti, I still love. I wish it's it's like I don't wish Star Wars hadn't happened. 
Yeah, no, I know what you're saying. But it's like, what would Lucas be doing? Like, would he be more like Coppola if Star Wars never becomes a success? Yeah. Where he's doing, like, when was the last time Lucas did anything interesting? What has Lucas done of note other than Star Wars? Nothing. He produ- he produces. Produces stuff. And even the stuff he produces, not great. Unless it also has Spielberg attached to it. Yeah. Um, um, I wish that someone who started off with THX-1138 and American Graffiti and Star Wars, those are three very different, very interesting films. Yeah. Just keep bouncing around. Yeah. But he made... I mean, I can't blame him for sticking to Star Wars. It made him a billionaire, essentially, yeah. Yeah. so that he could do whatever he wants with his life. He wants, you know, he wants to make prequels. He can fund them himself. He doesn't have to pay anybody. You know, right. he doesn't have to get money from anybody, and all the money stays with him. But Star Wars is the perfect way to. I can do whatever I want now. Yeah. Uh, as far you... as like, I can do. I can make whatever movie. I can make not just. More Star Wars, but like I can make stuff like American Graffiti and yeah, especially after Jedi when that's done and that saga yeah. is closed. He, he, I wish he had said, you know, I still want to make the prequels. Here's my ideas. Someone else go make these. Yeah, like with Bond films, you know, go go make go make a Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do what you want. Do a Star War. Uh, instead, you know, he just stopped being interesting. Yeah, and I wish he hadn't. He just um, climbed up his own butt. Uh, Escape from Alcatraz. Yeah. Fuck this was a first watch for this you? This was a first watch for me. How? How did I you... don't know. I don't know how I had never watched it. I used to love this movie when I was a kid. Yeah. <clears throat> Watching it, I'm just like, man, Stephen King watched this a lot. Uh, I bought... Um, I bought... This was part of the... Remember a couple months ago that was the 3 for twelve ninety nine thing yeah. is when I bought Escape from Alcatraz. I bought it on 4K. Yeah. Ooh, uh, nice. Um, I did not realize just how much Shawshank Redemption takes from this. Mm. I mean, I haven't seen it since I was a kid, so I'm very excited oh, to watch it. It's but like, still fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Because unlike, and again, I don't want to say I'm not going to say that Shawshank is a ripoff of that because it's yeah. not. Shawshank is definitely more involved in the emotional shit, whereas this is a straight up escape film. Yes. Um, Eastwood doesn't say a whole fucking lot. And, and you know he's it's got a good cast of characters. It's even it's you know it's got the Brooks. It's got even? the evil warden. It's got all that same shit. What's he digging with? A fucking um, nail clipper file. Yeah. That he welded to a spoon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it's it's very much involved in the okay. He's got a couple guys with him that are each doing their different things, and they you know these guys work in this shop so they can get this part, and they can do, right. and they're making fucking paper mache heads. Yep. And another guy works in the barber shop, so he's getting them the right color hair to glue to the dummies. So it looks the paper mache heads is is right out of the actual yeah. escape attempt. Yeah. Because um, um, not all of it is. No, and again, there's no, there's never been any proof that these guys live. They did or didn't. This one, it kind of makes the fact that it, and it does so because of the chrysanthemum, which I fucking love. Because the chrysanthemum is the is a flower that the guy who is essentially the Brooks, the old guy who yeah. befriends him and grows flowers, the warden basically has his ass killed. Yeah. Um, and he takes a chrysanthemum from and puts it in his pocket and the warden later finds it and smushes it. And then yeah, okay, you find now, out then, later when some of the stuff washes up on shore, 
And then everyone's like, oh, they must be dead. They must be dead. You see a chrysanthemum. Yeah. And I'm like, that's fucking brilliant touch. Yeah. Um, the second of my Don Siegel, Clint Eastwood connection uh, films after Dirty Harry that I've watched this month. Uh, but yeah, Jesus, that film was... I started watching that at like 9.30 at night. Just straight through. Went right through. I was like, fuck, that was so good. How long is it? About two hours, I think. Again, my gosh, where do they... How do I? How is it that I can't find it every single? Oh, I'm, get, not, I'm not on the page. I'm not yeah, on, you're not you're on the twice. page. There it is. 113. Yeah. So yeah. Good. Perfect. Just a, a long enough. Uh, then I watched the last waltz, which is Scorsese's concert documentary about the, the band. band. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, great. Great shot. Great footage. Um, he's got like interview moments in between the songs, but just the. He's got some camera moves during this concert. You're like, how did he fucking pull this off? Like, they must have rehearsed this like a motherfucker so that you... Oh, that's... The camera's perfectly going <laughs> yeah. from the... Not with cuts, but like actual camera motion going to the next person who's going to be singing. Because anyone who knows the band, they don't have a lead singer. Like, there's like four guys in that band who are great singers. Um, yeah, it's just a really cool concert film. So, of course, after that wonderful musical adventure, I had to watch uh, Paradise Alley, Stallone's follow-up to Rocky. <laughs> I listened to this at work. <laughs> I put my headphones in. Yeah. Uh, so for those of you who do not know, Stallone sings the theme song. It wow. is. Stallone went for it here. This was a, this was a straight-up vanity project. The number of, on the YouTube video, the number of positive comments underneath it is shocking. I love this song. He's got a beautiful no, voice. No, he does not. He sounds exactly what you think he would sound. He sounds like Rocky trying to sing. Yep. <laughs> it's, oh, oh, oh. it's, I, yeah, because I, I, I put it, because I had never <clears throat> seen it in Tarantino again, this is, Basically, while reading Cinema Speculation, every book that was a main chapter of the book, mm -hmm. I watched the movie. Yeah, okay. Um, this was another one that he fucking... Tarantino loves this film. <laughs> I still don't even know what it's about. I just listened it's to the about, song. It's a wrestling film. Oh, boy. It's about three brothers paid by Stallone, some guy who was like a football player in real life, and... Um, Christ. Mambo Kings sing songs of love. Armando Sante. Armando Sante. Play, they play three brothers who are like low-level hoods. Low-level, you know, and Stallone is kind of the shuck and jive guy who wants to get in with the good gang. Um, Sweet hoop earring. Yeah. Takes place in like the 50s. Um, he wouldn't have a hoop earring in the 50s. He's when he's this cool. <laughs> Um, uh, actually, it's the 1940s. <laughs> Take it back even a decade. Come on. There's um, no way. They would have thought you were a pirate. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's... I'm sorry. I, I can't let the song go. You, if, if you are within the sound of my voice... Yeah. Go Pause. To you, YouTube it. Go to YouTube and yeah. listen to it. It is... As, as I pointed out, and this is also a film where Tom Waits is yes! acting in this film. <laughs> And is also on the soundtrack. Yes. And you don't get Tom Waits to... Because, again, I Stallone did. was like, you know what? I'm fucking singing this. I'm the writer. I'm the director. I'm the star. I'm fucking singing, you know? It's so... It's it's very funny. Yeah. It's very funny. Yeah. And then read the comments underneath. It's, it's the, hilarious. And the film is 
Yeah, they play three brothers who the middle brother is kind of, is super strong because he carries ice up to ice boxes on the third floor. He's as strong as an ox. So they find this underground, ground, not fight club, not boxing club, wrestling club, like called Paradise Alley, like uh, like high school style wrestling, no, or like like professional, like professional wrestling only real. Because half the actors in the wrestlers are like Terry Funk is one of the main goons, wrestler Terry Funk, you know from Roadhouse. <laughs> he plays one of the big goons in Roadhouse. Yeah. Okay. Um, the big blonde guy? Huh? The big blonde guy? No. He's another guy. Um <clears throat> And the and the brother turns and he's and he ends up being a oh, really wait, bear? No. Ugh, Son no. of a bitch. I'm just gonna keep naming <laughs> Roadhouse characters until um, I get it. Well go go to Terry Funk. Go to go to him in the cast. And the I'm sure the picture will not be the picture in because he was unrecognizable to me in this until polar, he starts talking. Polar bear fell on me. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, he's also an over-the-top. Stallone Fuck. loves this guy. Fuck yeah. <laughs> um, where was I? Oh, yeah, and the brother becomes really good at wrestling and starts finding fame and fortune. And then, Amanda Sante is the brother who works in a morgue. He's very much the, he's a cripple. He's, let's just make an honest living. And then somehow in the film, him and the Stallone character switch characters. We're all, all of a sudden Stone's like, we need to stop doing this. And Armando Sanchez is like, no, we're making money. I'm like, wait, when did I fucking miss a deleted scene where they decide to switch characters? It's a fucking mess, this film. <laughs> there is some fun shit in it. Like, there's this one scene where they arm wrestle for a monkey. Because at the very beginning, the, the, main, the main gangster has a fucking monkey, like a capuchin monkey. And Stallone's like, we can get that monkey! It'll be great! It'll be our thing! We'll have a monkey! So they arm wrestle for the monkey. They win the monkey. There's a scene where, like, Stallone's out on the street at, like, a card table with a monkey trying to get passerbys to give him money because he's got a monkey. Doesn't work. You never hear from that monkey again. I'm like, why was this even a fucking scene? Why was this a plot point? It's full of shit like that. Where Stallone you're like, just likes to arm wrestle for yeah. shit. You're like, there's some fun scenes in this movie. They do not make sense together. It's like if someone just took like a bunch of Saturday Night Live skits all involving Stall a Stallone character and put them together. That's what you get for this movie. Apparently he wrote this before Rocky. But no one would make it. I mean... I'm seeing why. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it's it was a fun film. I enjoyed it. It is not going to be a constant... It's not like me with Escape from Alcatraz where I'm like, I'm going to watch that on the regular. I don't know you if don't, I'll ever watch Paradise Alley you. again. You do. I own it on... Of course you do. Actually, I don't own it on blue. I own it on D. I, I tagged that wrong. Mm. There actually is a Shout Factory blue that I am not going to order now. Because <laughs> <laughs> I found like it on DVD for like three ninety nine at Bull Moose. So I'm like, I'll buy it. Uh, let's see, we got the French <laughs> Connection. Talked about that. Tony Erdman is not a 70s film. That I'll be talking about on Video Monsters. Right. That's a very interesting, like... I'd never heard of it. I'd never heard of it either. Apparently, it was an Academy Award nominee for Best Foreign Language Film. Is it French? Uh, is no, it? it's German. It's one of those that are, like, a lot of different languages are spoken in it. <laughs> I'm literally just seeing French Connection and just assuming the foreign <laughs> movie is French. <laughs> That's how it works, right? Yeah. It's just in whatever language the movie before you has in the title. 
Uh, it's a great film. I yeah. really do. It's like three fucking hours long. Though. I'm out. Yeah. Out. It's, and it takes a long while to get to the, where you're like, oh. Yeah. It's amusing. Because it's basically about a dad trying to reconnect with his tightly wound business daughter. Oh, and, he, okay. and he tries doing so with like pranks and stuff like that. And you're like, dude, <laughs> this is cringy. You are not doing this well. Um, oh yeah, I read the I read the kind of synopsis, not the synopsis, a little description, and it was uh, I I was like, okay, that's odd. Yeah, I'm not sure if I'd call it a rampage of jokes like <laughs> they do, um, but it's inter- it's all about though, like you know, at which point have you lost your way in life? Yeah. When 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 is life when life stops being fun? What got you there, and how do you get back? Like, but it's also what makes you a successful business person is that you're all work 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 work. work. Um, and then lastly, I watched it last night, The Beguiled. The Beguiled is that another... That film is weirdly fucking horny. Another, uh, I, I remember from childhood. Yeah. I'd never seen it. I couldn't um, tell you anything. Sofia Coppola did a remake of it, which I still haven't, which I haven't watched. It's, it's, it's on my list, Yeah, actually, me too now. Because, um, one, uh, Robin said she'd want to watch it, and two, it is wicked short. Yeah. So it's like 88 minutes or something. This wasn't um, that long either. Um, very, 105. I remember, one. I remember this being on. I don't remember anything yeah. other than the main plot that he is a, is a civil he's war? A, he's yeah, a union civil war, civil war soldier yeah. who was injured and taken in, yeah. into a girl's school in the south. And he then proceeds to just manipulate the shit out of all of them. He's like, and it kind of turns into a misery situation. Yeah, where the, yeah. Well, what ha- it, it starts off weird. Like the first girl that finds him is like twelve, and he's like, "How old are you?" And she's like, "I'm 12. And He's like, "Old enough to kiss." And then he kisses her, and I'm like, "Whoa, okay." Um, Come on, Clint. Yeah, but then like he seduces like the 18 year old in the house, and like the school marm who's like probably 30, and then like the 22 year old school mistress. It's like, but then they all find out what he's doing, and fucking he fall. One of them pushes him downstairs, and they chop his fucking leg off because it's broken. <laughs> and it ends. It ends with them basically killing him. Nice. Yeah. So it's got a great ending. Um, and it's nice to see charming Clint Eastwood, like, and not stoic. You know, barely talking, Clint. He's talking all through this, trying to get. You know, basically, just fuck all the women in the house. Yeah, and not get taken by. And it's, I mean, he's doing it so that they don't turn him over to the, you know, Confederacy, who yeah, who like ride by every fucking day. Yeah, like there's a whole thing where like <clears throat> you put a blue rag on your door, they'll fucking come in and take him. And they even come in at one point, and she's like, "No, he's my cousin from Texas, fighting for you guys." So yeah, there's a lot of like you know. Who's really holding who captive? Yeah, type of thing. Um, very, very weirdly filmed at certain points, like lots of dreamlike camera moves and lenses. And well, we're 1971. That's about yeah. right. There's like seven different type people doing voiceovers. <laughs> so yeah, uh, uh, very the, interesting film. I'm. I can't wait to see the Coppola version now. So the remake Colin. is Colin Farrell is. And see, well, that's why that's why it's on my list. That's yep. what it is because it's Colin Farrell. Uh, the what I'm assuming is the the school marm you're describing is Nicole Kidman. I would assume so. And then it's the like end. every blonde actress in Hollywood. Yeah. Um, going down by age. Mm-hmm. Down. to one I of the Fannings is L Fanning is the is. Oh God, uh, is she the one that's too old enough to kiss in this that one? I'm betting that they 
lean away from that. Are they oh, probably because yeah, he straight up lays one on her. Yeah, I think that I don't think there's tongue, but it was still enough to make me go. Ooh, <laughs> probably shouldn't mouth kiss a twelve year old Clint. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of thought it would be there. It is recommended. Okay. Uh, Kirsten Dunst, Elle Fanning, and it was made in two thousand seven. Yeah, so she's at least. Not yeah. 12. <laughs> yeah, there, there's also, like, a slave woman there that he's Ow. trying to get with who has, like, doesn't want anything to do with him. Uh, it's got the daughter from uh, Nice Guys. Oh, cool. And yeah, I very much want to see it. I don't know who this is. Una Lawrence? I don't recognize that person. Ben's? Oh, I think she was, yeah, she was the daughter in South Par. South Paw. And one of the daughters in Bad Moms. So she just plays the daughter of the main characters uh, in several movies. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it does say several taboos, are, and taboos are broken. Yes. Yes, they are. <laughs> It'd be interesting to see a woman's take on that. Yeah. Instead of, like, at that point, Don Siegel was, like, in his 70s. <laughs> Uh, and where, how did you watch it? Uh, I own the DVD. Gotcha. There, that, we, we've caught up with my movie watching. Nice. Um, did I get signed up somehow? I did not. Uh, I gotta get, I've been like saving Blue Collar and Dog Day Afternoon for some reason. I don't know, I don't know why really. And also mm-hmm. Last of Sheila. I, don't, I, I just have. So I, I gotta get on those. Uh, I still want to make sure to watch the Candidate and Little Murders. Yeah, my movie went, uh, it's going to be hindered the next two weeks, because the 23rd is when the Chat Film Festival starts. Oh, yeah. Um, that night of the 23rd, I'm actually going to see John Waters down in southern Maine giving, like, a talk. Yeah. And I we have, like, VIP passes for, like, a counseling session after. Oh. Like a group counseling, like 50 people in a group counseling session with John Waters. So I want to watch all of his films again before we go, so I don't seem like a dumb asshole. I've seen almost all of his films. I want to make sure they're all fresh. So that's what I'll be watching this week is a lot of John Waters' films. And then, um, for the Chattanooga Film Festival, I guess we're actually going to be able to do one of our Punch-Outs episodes for the festival. Oh, cool. So we're going to be doing a Sam Raimi one. We're going to be doing like a mini punch-out, not a full one, a mini punch-out. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, I think the episode's been released, but we had an episode with the guy who puts on the festival. Yeah, I'm actually very pissed that we're not going to be going. Yeah. Because, um, hit pause for a minute. <laughs> I have to say this part off air. Okay. Uh, all right, we're back. Um, secret stuff about the Chattanooga secret, Film Festival. Secret, secret For those of you things. who... They are still... They're doing it neat this year because they're still doing it both remote and in person. So you can buy, like, a hybrid ticket yep. so you can see all the shit that they're showing there in person. And then if they're, you can catch stuff that is also, like, not being shown there virtually. And if you're virtual only, you get to see everything still. Yeah. So it's pretty... I love how they're doing that, how they went back to being in person but didn't forget the people who kept them afloat the past two years with virtual. Yeah. I love that they did that. Yes. I, I, I remember... The 2020, when they did that the first time, I was like, 
every festival should do that. Yeah. I mean, different ones would have varying levels of... Cons, maybe not. Right, but, but I mean... like, regional type yeah. of, you know, genre Even Toronto, maybe. Fucking South by Southwest, why do you not I mean, do it would that? be more expensive, obviously, yeah. than, like, something like Chattanooga, but still. Yeah. Um, what a great uh, way to still, like, thank the people who... Because that's what, and that's what the guy said. He's like, you know... These people kept us afloat for two, almost three years. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Why would we all of a sudden turn their back right. and say, well, fuck you, you, you can't know, make it. You know how many people don't want to fly to Chattanooga? Yeah. <laughs> what? I've got friends who live there, and I'm uh, like, I don't know if uh, I want to fly down there. I do, but I don't, But because that's a, that's a fucking expensive commitment to do. Yeah. Uh, it's something you maybe will do once. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that is not new to, uh, you know, we were bitching earlier about, or talking earlier about how people, people bitch about movies just copying each other now. Um, and also the fact that every poster now is just floating heads. Um, the seventies were no different. They were all white. Yeah. So many white po- po- better, still better than today's posters. Oh yeah. But far. yeah, because it's like, more painted, which I always take every time. A lot of white and red. Yep. Uh, yeah, busting is still the best. That's like the best cover. <laughs> it's got everything. There's a pimp. There's boobs. There's bikini butts. There's Elliot Gould in a sweet, sweet porn stash. Sweet in his sweet porn stash with, with a pimp hat. behind him. Uh, Robert Blake's pointing a gun at you, which is concerning. Because uh, he may... Which is the most realistic part of the poster. Yeah, I mean, because he has killed before. Um, yeah. Uh, what else was I... Oh, I'm going to... I've decided I'm going to save Silent Partner. Because, look, I'm not going to watch all these in a month. I'm going to save... Silent Partner is actually a Christmas movie. Uh, or it takes place at Christmas. So I'm actually going to save that. Um, it's a 70s diehard. <laughs> Only it's not. Uh, I still haven't watched Who. Mm. I have to watch Who. Uh, oh, I... This is how big a degenerate I am. Because Elliot Gould is... Uh, let me go to Elliot Gould real quick. And let's see if I can find it. Remember the A&E... Uh, it, I don't know if it was a show or if they just did, like, movies of uh, Agatha Christie's Poirot? Mm-hmm. Um... One of the TV movies, Elliot Gould is like the only American in the cast, and I guess he's fucking bananas. But I guess it's pretty good. Uh, shit, what is it called? It's like something. Fuck, I'll never find it because I won't recognize some, the. Some of these I've never heard of. I know. Like, what the fuck is Move? He's been in a lot of shit. Yeah. Let me see if I can fucking spot this poster. I'll never. There it is. The fucking letterbox poster is a picture of the DVD. <laughs> and not just... It's even got a sticker on it! Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, it's uh, Mystery of the Blue Train. I have ordered this movie. Have you? I paid $3 for it. Awesome. It'll be here Monday. He's not, and he's not even the starring. No, he's barely in it, actually, I guess. But they threw him front and center on the cover opposite Poirot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I have ordered this movie. Alice Eve is in it? Yeah, it's James pretty, Darcy? It's fairly recent. It's 2006, yeah. Um, they're it for people you've heard of. But still, uh, <laughs> look at the total views. 
115. I feel like I shouldn't even log it. Oh, you have to. I'm that will forever be your I'm, least viewed. I'm kind of embarrassed to log it if I do watch it. It'll be know. here tomorrow. I can't remember the name of the time, but nothing will ever beat that screener that we got to watch as the video monsters. And there were like nine people who watched it. Because it never came out? I don't think it ever came yeah, out. Yeah, so probably only people that screened it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm watching Mystery of the Blue Train at some at some point uh, for my Gould my Gouldathon, which is also why I watch Contagion. He's in like two scenes. I still haven't watched Ocean's Thirteen because Twelve was so bad. Thirteen is better. <laughs> I know but it's I, it's, it's no like... eleven, but I'm it's it's yeah. I just wish <clears throat> it stopped at eleven. I would have been fine with them stopping at eleven. Um. I don't know if I'll watch all the Altmans with him because I have no interest in watching Nashville. Nashville's good. I'm sure it is. Nashville's good. I have no interest in California Split. You got to watch that. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And I didn't know he's in Kicking and Screaming. I mean, it's a '90s film. Yeah. Nicole Holof Center. I don't remember him in The Naked Gun. No, me neither. Anyway, we got anything else? Uh, no. No. We good? All right, yeah. well, uh, we'll probably be more regular in the summertime. Oh, I would think so, because we can always, if we can't meet on Sunday. Right. Because yeah, I'm not, I'm only doing summer school randomly. Oh, okay. So I'm you... not going to be in the classroom every fucking day this year. Yeah. No, I won't do it. I'll, I'll be there from time to time to help what they need. Yeah. But I don't need to sit there while kids are on the computer for three hours. Well, that's when you do your best ball drafts. <laughs> I mean, monitor what the children are doing. Not with the kids they give me. No, probably not. All right. We're done. <laughs>